This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Did you know February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month? Every February across the United States, teens and those who support them join together for a national effort to raise awareness to teen dating violence. Dating violence is more common than many people think. One in three teens in the US will experience physical, sexual or emotional abuse by someone they're in a relationship with before they become adults. And nearly half, 43% of college women reporting experiencing violent and abusive dating behaviours. By joining together every February, we can spread awareness and stop dating abuse before it starts. You can show your support on February 11th by wearing orange and posting on social media with a hashtag orange4love. For more information, you can go to www.breakthecycle.org or www.lovethisrespect.org or you can contact your local shelter agency that helps victims of abuse. Find our agency on Facebook, Freedom House in Weatherford, Texas and Crossroads Youth Programme in Weatherford, Texas or you can contact John Enright at Min on Twitter or email john at freedomhousepc.org and see how they can help you or get you more information. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm John Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, happy belated birthday. Many happy returns. How was a big day? It was wonderful. We had a great time. Um, we, of course, uh, first, why, why would it be any different? But uh, we had to uh, went to a bunch of different breweries. We have a ton of breweries around me, apparently. A lot of them just re- recently opened. So we did a whole massive tour and then we had... People kind of come and go as we went, so I just kind of kept people updated of where we were, and we would have you know a po- pocket of friends show up one place and then go to another place, and then they would fall off, and then people would, and then I had a friend who I hadn't, yeah, you know, I see every once in a while, but it's not like, you know, you know, we'll text them to hang out, but he, you know, he could never hang out, but then he was there, um, he just showed up unannounced, and then um, that was fun. So yeah, I mean, listen. Always a great time. Um, got some nice surprises when it comes to uh, maybe some future travel plans. So it was good. Always, always a good day, and it was uh, hanging out with friends is always fun. So it was, it was a great night. Thank you for the happy birthday. All right, glad to hear that. Uh, things moving along down my end. I've escaped from China. So yeah. Now I'm going to be in Bangkok for the next couple of months. Which is a big weight off my mind, actually, Damon. Just pulling back the curtain a bit. One of the big worries I had with the whole pregnancy thing was, like, I really wanted Mally to have the baby in Bangkok for a number of reasons. You know, she's got a family there. The, the hospital here is incredible. Um, and we've got the British embassy there, so you can get a Thai passport, British passport, all that. So I was worried that Mally would go into early labour and have to have the baby in China. Or failing that, that she would get back to Bangkok in time, but I wouldn't be able to make it in time. So I'd be like stuck in China while she's giving birth. Right. So fortunately, neither of those things are going to happen. So uh, if the audio quality is a bit different, it's because I'm recording from my sister-in-law's tiny apartments, which she's been kind enough to let us stay in. So uh, if you can hear buzzing, the air conditioner's on. I'm not turning it off. It's Bangkok. It's fucking hot. So uh, we're going to have to make the best of what we got, Damon. Yeah, well, yeah I know. We've had some uh, audio 
probably, I, mean, I know last week that was uh, turned into just this constant buzz. And I, like I told you, I was like, I'd rather have people just cause assholes than have anybody mention anything terrible about the audio quality because I just feel like we can control that. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, we won't have any issues here this week. Um, that's good news, though. I mean, I was a little worried about you over there, you know. I mean, I know that you are quick to point out, you know, the the mass hysteria that the Western media loves to put a spin on. But, you know, still, you hear a lot of shit, and, you know, I just wanted her to be safe and everybody to be all right, and then now she's there. All right. Yeah. You know, that, it's that's a double-edged sword, really, because I, I don't trust the stuff that the Western media is saying, but I also don't really trust the stuff that the information we're being fed uh, domestically. So mm. I'm sort of in the middle somewhere where I've got n- no idea what the truth actually is. But given that, I mean, we were supposed to go, school was supposed to start uh, last Monday, so over a week ago. But obviously, because of this virus situation, it's been postponed, and we're doing online learning now. And it's just going to be like that for the foreseeable future, really. I mean, they, they said the school's not going to reopen before March the 2nd. Wow. I don't think it'll be open on March the 2nd. So at the moment, I've got a lot of free time on my hands. Well, until until the baby comes, that is. So much masturbating. <laughs> Luckily, my sister-in-law doesn't mind. No? She's right. oh, Westerners do this all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, is it a, a nice place you're at? You know, uh, you got a little room for yourself, or is it a little cramped in there? Um, she has very kindly given us her bedroom, and she's sleeping on like a, a sofa bed. Oh. in in the main area. Okay. So let me ask you this: Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Well, when 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 are we looking here? We're looking in in early March. Uh, due date is March 14th. So we had a checkup yesterday at Burman Grad Hospital and like touch wood, everything's okay. Doctor said March 14th. But knowing what Thai people are like, she's probably going to be late. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're looking at July. Thai time, they call it. <laughs> right. Um, so how are you feeling about this? Like, uh, like I know you're excited, obviously, but like, nerve setting in is the reality of it the situation setting in or you know where, where where are you at mentally on this i i can't wait i'm so excited like obviously we've wanted this for years and years and years and i don't know if i've mentioned on the show before but we we went through ivf well two courses of ivf because the first one didn't work so obviously like both of us is just really desperate to be parents like really really excited uh but i've also just come to terms with the fact that i've got no idea what it's going to be like yeah just like the mental and physical and emotional strain of being a parent and i think anyone who tells you that they are prepared is either stupid or lying so i've i've read a lot of books and spoken to a lot of people and the the main takeaway i have is it's just going to completely fuck me up and (laughs) i'm excited i want to see i want the full experience i want to be absolutely destroyed by this wow okay um I don't know if I would want to be destroyed, but yeah, I mean, I, that's probably the best mental approach I could possibly think of is that you just got to be, you know, like the river, man. You just got to kind of go with the flow and uh, take the good and the bad and everything in between. It's a guy, yeah, I mean, it is what life's all about, isn't it? Like, yeah. Look, I'm excited for you. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do with this show, but. <laughs> I, I mean, well, no, just, there might be like screaming 
baby crying in the background for a, a few no, I mean, uh, look, years. <laughs> yeah, years. Um, the yeah. So I know you're going to take a little bit of time off, and we'll work. We're going to work on that schedule. So. Um, I don't be- want to. <laughs> Ideally, uh, Mally will go into labour just as we finish recording a show. So we do our <laughs> show on a Monday, and, and then like, yeah, see, thanks for listening, and goodbye. And then Mally's gonna be like, oh, I can feel contractions. And I'll be like, great. So then, <laughs> then, like, there'll be a week for things to kind of settle into a rhythm a bit, and I'll be able to record as usual. That's what I'm hoping. That'll but, be wonderful. Uh, you never know. Yeah, I mean, listen, whatever. I mean, I'm sure it'll be honestly a spur of the moment thing. So I'll be making some phone calls or text messages and being like, look, I need you. Or I might go solo. That might be interesting. I've never done the solo. I don't know. I, I mean, I, not that I don't know if I could do it. I just don't know if the show would be good. It might just be like one gigantic <laughs> rambling fucking mess where where I wind up talking about New Japan in the beginning and then it's about the, the value of John Taylor of Duran Duran at the end. Um. But yes, I think um, we'll figure that out. I think we should figure that out when we get there. I mean, because you're, you're not going to know, you know? And I think we have enough people in our lives where we can lean on them a little bit to get help for this this nonsense. This, just, should this we crowdsource? Should we, ask people on tw- should, we, should we ask people on Twitter or Discord who they'd like to see as the the guest co-host? Yeah. And the problem is, is that <laughs> like, I just need somebody to be... Again, you you drive the ship. I call it all the time, and without it, I mean, this could be just just a, a, a rambling mess. So I I kind of need that bit, but I don't know. Again, I I mean, I want to have a problem having a co-host. I don't know. I, I mean, that might be exciting too, just to be like, okay, who? I mean, let's see if we can play up people. And I've been on get. I've had a guest on other people's shows. I mean, Andrew Rich, W H Park. Even Chris Charlton, when he was doing those egg uh, shell podcasts, um, look, I can, I'm a professional. I can, I can, I can work with any talent. So uh, we'll figure it out, and you know, we'll, I think you you'll, you're going to need at least a week, dude, just just to kind of get your feet wet and get settled in and get some sleep. I think is probably the number one thing. So. Again, we'll figure that out when we get there. But okay, good. I'm glad to see everybody safe and the situation is ideal. And goddamn, here we go. You're going to be a dad soon. So uh, here we go. While we're on the topic of other podcasts, a little plug for that outstanding episode of Music on the Map that uh, you and the great Andrew T. Rich were involved in for the themes of Jado and Ghetto. I really enjoyed listening to that one. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Uh, that was fun. He, I always... Look, he is... A talented guy and he is like he has that radio background and he just has that little wit and dry sense of humor that kills me like he like he he just fucking kills me with it uh, and then we're talking about music you know which i don't like if i had one itch that needs to be scratched and i've even thought about like oh would i like to do a music podcast of some way um, just talking about like certain albums and shit. Would people dig that? Would people want that? And would I have time to do that? Um, and who would I do that with? Like, like, but I just again, I get the. I mean, we sat there and talked about fucking ZZ Top, you know, <laughs> which was I never thought in my life I'd ever do. Uh, but that was good. Yeah, check that out. Music of the Mat. Um, it's the one uh, Ghetto and uh, Jado, and um, it was fun. I always love doing that show. 
Uh, all right, so let's get into well, a couple of things from the mailbox. First of all, uh, let's check in with Matchmaker Damon because we've got oh, PNJDM on Twitter. He says, Not so much a question, just something I wanted to share with you guys. When I went to the Philly meetup, Damon told me to marry my girlfriend who was pushing for me to go to the meetup. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I proposed. Thank you for the push. I hope to see you all in New York. Doesn't say whether or not she said yes. True. I'm assuming she did. <laughs> I'm hoping yes. Yes. But, I, I'm going to go with a yes. I'm going with a yes. Yeah, there you go. Bringing people together, Damon. I can't believe that. How about that, right? Uh, if it's the same guy I'm thinking of, um, he, yeah, I'm uh, the guy I met at um, Philly Meetup at Tollman Joe's, and he was a guy who uh, needed a little encouragement to, to come. He wanted to go. He was just kind of, uh, you know, not feeling it in, in his mind, in his, in his state at that point. And I get that because, trust me, uh, I mean – that same day, I'm sitting in the fucking parking lot having to <laughs> psych myself up to get through it. Um, and he showed up, and he hung out with us, and you know, I, you know, he didn't. No, he went alone. He went solo. Um, and again, I, you, you know, that I kind of gravitate to those people, and I want to make sure that they're involved and they're in the mix and they're having fun, and you know, they're with people that enjoy the same thing they do, and they might not be able to talk about that at work or or with their you know girlfriends or wives or boyfriends or so i like that i like to to, to get them involved and i kind of almost look for those people because i've been that guy um so he proposed and i'm going to assume it was a, a solid yes i'm so happy i listen all i hope is i, I better be fucking invited to the wedding that's all i want to know I, I know and it better be and it better be don't give me this fucking wedding where uh, uh, cash bar. Come on, get you better fucking step up. You better be an open bar. And, and Uncle Damon, I want to walk her down the aisle. What do you think of that? Would that be inappropriate, Joe? If I get the, I want to, I want to pressure them into having a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. You know what? We got a little demands here. We we did a lot for you. It sounds like. I bet you do a little something for us. Uh, invitation to the wedding. I'm gonna walk the bride down. Gonna walk her down. Now it might be inappropriate that we make out at the aisle. Don't worry about that though. That's that's tradition. That's a, that's a Philly tradition. <laughs> and then you always got to take it one step too far, don't you, Daniel? Uh, that's uh, that's too lovely far. little moment. You ruined it. Oh, I'm only kidding, of course. Um, but in all seriousness, I would go to the fucking wedding. I'd go to the fucking wedding. Um, I think it would be uh, wonderful. I just need to be introduced as the person who. Uh, <laughs> it's all about me. Well, fucking asshole. Um, no, congratulations. Excellent job. Uh, a, a, a nice round of applause um, for you and hopefully your soon to be nuptials. Excellent job. And more Damon Love, because uh, last week you were talking about the, that you, you were thinking of canceling the meetups. And yeah, Bash has written yeah. in, who, of course, you remember Bash, who gave us the Jaffa Cakes at uh, Tokyo Dome. We met at TGI Fridays. It says, uh, um, heard on Music of the Mat, Damon might cancel the meetup this year. I really hope you don't, as it was one of the main reasons I came to Japan. You both inspired me to come there. You were both so kind and helped with my anxiety of being in a foreign country by myself and not knowing anyone. It really helped me, helped me talk to many strangers at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, okay, without the meetup, how else will you get good presents like Jaffa Cakes? I know money is all good to show appreciation, but some gifts money can't buy, like the scarf. I'm Mr. Socially Awkward. 
uh, like Damon, but I hope you rethink of not cancelling the meetup because I appreciate what you did that date and will always cherish it as a memory I have forever. It's just Aww. so nice, Damon. Everyone's yeah. shown their love and their appreciation for you. So I, just, I wanted you to know, on you know, close to your birthday, that we appreciate you. We oh. love you, Damon. Oh my lord! Oh well, thank you again. I trust me. It's one of it's 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 it, I it's one of those days that is you know the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. It's because because it's it is just as much as it's tough for you it's tough for me I understand that right um and unfortunately I don't have great coping mechanisms <laughs> my coping mechanism is in a 12 ounce can <laughs> that can't be good I, I I'm asleep in the fucking Tokyo I told I told friends who kind of know I do a show and, and they always know I love wrestling um, you know, about some of my adventures. And they looked at me like, are you, are you trying to tell me that you went to Tokyo and for one of these shows you were out for three quarters? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, I was like, I don't know. I, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't like that part. Like I, that, I don't like the, the fact that that happens. Um, so if I can, like if I can find a way to make look. I will work on myself this year. That was a prompt. That was kind of like a, like a New Year's resolution, right? To to better sort those things out. Now I say that a lot, but I really felt like like that was kind of like, all right, is this a wake up call thing? Um, so I will try to do better with that. So again, I I won't officially cancel it, but um, know that it might it might look a little different um, for me anyway. Um, we'll figure it out. We got plenty of time to figure it out, but I won't officially cancel it. But um, it's something that needs to be tweaked on my end before we do that again. But yeah, I mean the scarf. I'm looking right at the scarf right now. Uh, it's unbelievable. I st- I look at it every day. It's hanging in my office, um, and I look at it every day, and I see it every day, and and it's weird because every day I look at it, and not that I notice something new, but I I notice something new almost every time I look at it. It is just. Like the fact that someone would fucking do that is unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean this scarf is just—I should post it. Did we post a picture of it? Because it is unbelievable. I did. I tweeted a picture out. Uh, yeah, after you received it, and a video showing all the different yeah aspects to it. It really is crazy, and 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 the time that it had to have taken. So again, I—it's one of my favorite days. I love meeting everybody, but again, it is one of those things where my brain is exploding. As it's happening. So we'll figure it out. I'll do better. And we'll go from there. Because you're right. It is one of the best days of the year. So a couple of quick news items here. We have a full lineup announced for New Japan Pro Wrestling Lines Break Project 3. So this is a show that's going to be taking place WrestleMania week. So we have full lineup. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, David Finley, Rocky Romero, Shingo Takagi... Tamatonga, Tangaloa, Kenta, Farley, El Fantasmo, Ishimori, Jado Ghetto, El Desperado, Zack Sabre Jr., Ren Rita, Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, Alex Coglin, Amazing Red, TJP, Mysterioso, uh, Logan Regal, and Sterling Regal. So that'll be April 2nd in Tampa, Florida. That's a pretty solid lineup, isn't it, for a Lions Break project show? Yeah, that's not a bad lineup. And even all the other you know shows that New Japan guys have traditionally been on they're going to be on again and 
trust me, Joel, there was a there was a moment where I'm like, okay, is there any fucking way I can get down to Tampa? You know what I mean? <laughs> like there there was that with some of these announced shows for WrestleCon and and even Ring of Honor. Um putting on a pretty decent show. So, um yeah, good good participation there in Tampa. That should be a fun weekend. Yeah, they announced a new match for the Supercard of Honor with the Mexi squad. That's Bandido, Flamita, and Ray Horace versus Will Ospreay, Rocky Romero, and Amazing Red. And yeah, that one looks tasty as well. So I think two, well, three actually. So Supercard of Honor, Lions Break Project 3, and the WrestleCon Super Show is always good as well. So that's three shows off the bat who, as a, a new Japan fan, you want to be tuning into, I would think. Yeah, and, and don't they usually... Uh, somebody is it Fight TV that might have the, the entire package? Um, you know, you buy like for like fifty bucks and you get every show or some shit like that. Isn't is, traditionally? I, I could have sworn they had. I know New York. We were there for everything. Um, I'm hoping they have something like that uh, this year because I'll I will I'll plop my fat ass in front of a fucking couch and just indulge in pro wrestling that weekend. The other piece of news coming out was that uh, NJPW's New Zealand dojo has been established in Auckland and tryouts to be held May 9th and 10th. So they had a press conference to announce that with the goal of nurturing talent with a resolve and commitment to excellence. So um, I believe that is the Farley dojo being repackaged as the New Japan Pro Wrestling New Zealand dojo. I could be wrong about that, but that was my understanding of it. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening uh, in the area and you're free on May 9th and 10th, go and uh, get involved, go and try out, and you could be the next Jay White. You could be the next Bad Luck Farley, the next Robbie Eagles, or the next Terhenare. I'll tell you what, I really feel like that that is one of those things that might, you know, we, you know, might be swept under the rug a little bit when it comes to newsworthiness, but... New Japan opening up these little pocket dojos all over the country. I, I, I you might want to keep that in mind um, when it comes to tours and when it comes to um, expansion ideas. Having that presence, I think, is going to be really important, um, and it's going to be a just a a, a, a real solid way to keep that pipeline developed with young, fresh talent. Um, you know, maybe that being the first step in their path to uh, the dojo in Japan and or, you know, being a young lion and then excursion, etc. Um, I, I, I actually think this is an underrated, under the radar kind of thing that I think will reap benefits hand over fist um, when it comes to, again, that talent pipeline that everybody is so adamant about it being an important factor to keep things fresh and to keep things new and create new stars. Um, I, I, I really like the idea of having these pocket dojos all, all over the world being able to, to secure new talent. Very good idea. Excellent job. Yeah, and then you look at shows like um, Melbourne City Wrestling, the Vendetta show that they put on January the 11th, which we touched on before, and you can see that there is a lot of talent in that part of the world. 
and it's a an up and coming scene that seems to be really invested in wrestling. So yeah, you could definitely find a, f- a few future gems over there. So something to, uh, to keep an eye on for sure. I'm I'm sure we'll be seeing some more graduates of that dojo slipping through uh, into Japan sooner rather than later. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on before we get into New Beginning was the Row 2 shows at Korakuen Hall. I don't know if you saw any of these, Damon, but I thought these were really good. They were really fun, uh, a fun watch. Like, nothing unmissable, but the kind of thing that if you do watch it, you are happy that you did. And you, you get little nuggets that help you enjoy the big feuds and the big matches a little bit more. Like, for example on one of the main events when they had the big main event uh, elimination match with Suzuki-Goon against Chaos. We had the Rev Pro world title match set up because we had come down to Osprey and Zack at the end and Osprey had a chance to eliminate Zack by, uh, by sending him over the top rope by, by ring out but then he, he decided against it and he thought, no, I'm going to p- try and pin him. So he pulls him back into the ring, eventually lands a Stormbreaker and pins him because he realised, well, I could just win the elimination match, but then I wouldn't really have a claim to get in a rematch for that belt. But if I managed to pin him with a Stormbreaker clean in the middle of the ring, then I could call for a rematch, which is what he did. So, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, it's just a skippable Row 2 show, but then you're getting things in here, setting up stuff in RevPro. And that's a really good-looking card. That's on Valentine's Day, so uh, definitely something worth checking out. Uh, Henares had his little mini-feud going with Shingo because you might remember it, uh, he was calling out Shingo at the end of the uh, Sapporo cards, and then he had a, a tag match against Shingo, and he ended up getting pinned by Shingo. So it's like he, he, they've set up this sort of mini-beef between them, and it's not immediately leading to... A direct payoff where you've got a singles match between the two, but they're meeting off in a tag match, and there's something at stake there because you think, huh, well, if Honore does well here, then you know, maybe if he manages to get a, a pin over uh, Shingo's partner, then he could, you know, lay claim to getting a, a title shot somewhere down the line. But no, he gets pinned by Shingo and he goes to the back of the queue. So it's not like that feud is dead, but I just I like the way that with some of these titles, we have multiple challengers just. Uh, kind of bubbling up under the surface there. So, like, Shingo's having to deal with not only the the impending challenge of Ishii, but the show's state the claim and Hinari. Even though he's been pinned here and he's gone to the back of the line, there's still just just that lurking in the distance there. And the uh, six-man, another six-man title match was really fun as well. And, again, just like a little mini story going there where Bushi's taken a couple of losses at the hands of Robbie Eagles and manages to get the big win. Uh, he, he takes this so seriously, Damon. He's so proud of being a never six-man openweight champion that he had a special mask made with a 20th never six-man champion stitched onto oh. it. So this is a guy who takes who's taking pride in that championship. And, and I appreciate the fact that those titles are being used in a meaningful way with a you know a bit of continuity, a bit of long-term booking, a bit of thought going into it. And, and at the end, we had Taguchi Yano and Colt Cabana uh, well, it was Taguchi and Yano stole the belts, and the, the talk is that Taguchi, Yano, and Cabana want to challenge for them at some point. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those Road 2 shows because they're not unmissable, but if you do watch them, you do get rewarded. Do you th- do- and one of the biggest complaints, right, that people would have that watch every single show, not the people who just parachute in for the big shows, but the people who watch every single show, is that sometimes. A little nugget, a little, a little something to take home with you was missing on these shows. So, yeah, I mean, the idea of these shows being skippable, skip, skippable, 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 
um, isn't a foreign concept. But the idea, and, and it feels like they have a renewed, I mean, just in these handful of shows, you mentioned, again, four different little nuggets, undercard nuggets, that will help carry these programs into the spring. I love it. It's, I, I, you know, for me, and I don't know how much you know, everybody else feels about this, I think 2020 has started out as, as best as I could hope across the board for every title. There's not a title that I'm not interested in right now. There really isn't. He- heavyweight tag titles? Even the heavyweight tag titles. Because here's the thing. At least right now, you got this little bubbling number one contenders bullshit thing with, with Juice and Finley and Abushi uh, and, and, and Tanahashi. Like, that interests me. Like, I, I actually, I can't wait for one of those matches. I think those matches are going to be really fucking good. Um, okay, G.O.D. has the belt again. Um, that doesn't necessarily excite me, but the prospect of people fighting to be a number one contender and having a little bit of, you know, two babyface tag teams that are kind of pointing at each other like, no, I'm going to take these titles, and no, I'm going to take these titles. So that little bubblingness, that, and again, subtle, it's nothing over the top. It's not like we're, we're, we're you know, we're jumping into the deep end of the pool with it. It's little subtle stuff, little things that, you know, would make sense in a pro wrestling environment. No, I'm good with it. And, and the junior uh, tag belts, I'm I'm cool with the program we have going there, uh, and and with Show and Yo and 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 you know the coaches, I kind of I kind of dig that. I like the idea of uh, the the junior heavies. Is I think is fantastic uh, with this anniversary show coming up. Uh, I'm I'm really happy. Like I said, I'm I, I'm I, even the the number six man again. Like when have we when have, when have we ever been even remotely excited? It's it's been months, almost years, where, since we've been excited about the Never Six Man titles. You, there's something you can sink your teeth into here. I I'm thrilled with the way 2020 has started. Absolutely fucking thrilled. Yeah, me too. I think it's been a really strong start. Uh, a few hiccups along the way, but uh, with the New Beginning USA shows, but let's not uh, dig up old Grace there. Let's uh, get stuck into the New Beginning in Osaka, which was Sunday, February 9th in Osaka Joe Hall. First of all, let's talk about the attendance. Uh, there were some questions about whether or not they would manage to sell out Osaka Joe Hall, but they did. Uh, well, it was standing room only. Uh, they managed to get 11,411 people in the building. So that is a, a huge success, isn't it, Damon? It is. It is a it is a huge success. Um, I mean, from what we understand, it, I mean, at, on the day of, I mean, they only had pockets of of standing room that was that was even made available. Look, how how amazing a year it's been for Kenta. It's you know, you look back, and this guy was just the bottom of the barrel when it came to his career and the, 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 you know, the lack of push. And he was just, he was swept under the rug. And now he's a guy that's bringing in big, big, big houses 
for New Japan. And arguably the hottest heel in pro wrestling uh, in a main event that was, I thought, was super red hot going in. And I thought the match was was very good. Um, helped along with, with, you know, a little accidental red. But how, I mean, look, if, if anything... What that does is is gives gives people the idea in their head. Don't give up. You don't know. You don't know what a year will bring. You know. You don't know what. Uh, t- you know, just just turning of a calendar and and working through shit. And again, it, for for a guy like Kenta professionally, I, I mean, and I don't know. That's got to weigh on you mentally. You got to go home and sit in your fucking condo in Florida and just stare at the wall and be like, what the fuck happened? Where the fuck did my life go? What? I just, I thought this was the right thing. I thought this was the right idea. And what the fuck happened? And now look at you. You're, 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 you're the hottest heel in pro wrestling pulling in. Massive gates for a company that wants you and will use you properly and will let you be creative and let you be you. I could, Joe, I could not be happier for Kenta. I, 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 it, it, I swear to you, it warms my heart. You know, people talk about how Moxley and is is a changed person and, and has a new lease on life. And even to a certain degree, Jericho, man, fucking Kenta. If 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 you can't look at this situation and not just be like, man, congrats, great. I don't know. I don't know what planet you're living on. You may not like it. You may not like Bullet Club. But you got to look at this situation overall and just be like, good for you, man. Good for fucking you for hanging in there because you hung in there. And again, now look at you. Our friend of the show, Manabu, he sent me this uh, link to a video from Shinsuke Nakamura's farewell, his send-off in NXT. And I shared it with you on WhatsApp, Damon. So have a look if you get a chance. And it's got all the NXT wrestlers on the stage while Nakamura's in the ring and they're playing his music and all the NXT wrestlers are, are applauding Nakamura and you just look at Kenta's face yeah. and he just looks absolutely dead behind the eyes you know it must be killing him because as, as Manabu pointed out to me you know Kenta Nakamura these were guys who were uh, talked about as like the two you know next future stars of Japanese wrestling back in the day and here Nakamura looks like he was on the way to fulfilling some of that promise in the states but Hideo Itami you know, played with injuries and just things weren't working out for him. So him, it must... You know, and you know how proud he is as a, a man and a wrestler and a professional, and that must have just killed him to have to stand there and applaud and you know have to put a big fake smile on, and he could barely do that. And then right at the end of the video, <laughs> Triple H just kind of just pushes him to the side because yeah. he wants to get a big photo with Nakamura. So he just he just gently grabs Kenta by the shoulders and just like just get out of the way. Yep. Move aside. You know the big boys are having their photo now. <laughs> and you do wonder if that moments like that start with Kenta and fueled him. And fast forward to January fifth, where he's 
jumping Tetsuya Naito off the main event and beating the crap out of him with 30,000 people screaming for his blood. I mean, how much of, of this sellout do you think we can attribute to having that red-hot post-match beatdown at Wrestle Kingdom? Oh, I think a lot. I mean, Joel, we were right there. When, when Kent is walking out after the beatdown and down that aisle, you saw people sprinting. You know, usually they're sprinting to reach out their hand, just a touch, you know. They're running to that walkway, that that barricade, with venom, <laughs> with absolute venom. And they're screaming at them. Uh, and people are chucking shit at them. Um, it was a scene, wasn't it? I mean, we were we were right there watching the whole thing unfold. Um, no, I think a lot had to do with it. And, and... I think his promos were completely on point. Um, I think he pushed all the right buttons. And, I, you know, he played off of... Look, to me, and I could be dead wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. uh, And it won't be the last. But, you know, it felt to me that they, you know, saw the situation of what was occurring and, and made a change on the spot. And said, okay, why don't we do this? And it, and it worked to perfection. He played off of, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, you know, not not feeling it. And and maybe even him not feeling it. Um, again, it could have been the plan all along. But it feels like to me they, they made a, uh, a quick decision, a quick change. And thought on their feet. And, and were flexible. Here's another thing, Joel. As much as we're saying Kenta, 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 and I think a lot of this has to do with him, you got to, if we're completing the circle jerk here, we we have to give proper praise to a company that, again, would allow a pro wrestler that creative freedom to be who he feels he needs to be at a given time. That's That's saying something. Again, working within the the confines of a storyline, absolutely. But then it's okay. It's this is you. Do what you need to do. Um, I think. Look, I, I've said it once, and we've said it a thousand times. When those handcuffs are are removed, these guys are pro wrestlers, and. They're creative, and in a lot of their downtime, when they're on airplanes or when they're in cars or when they're in buses, they're thinking about, okay, this promo, or they're thinking about, okay, what can I do for this, and creative things and and, and, and different ideas. And to be able to, to, to play on those and to actually see them come to pass, promotion, man. The promotion's got to trust those people, and the fact that they do is is outstanding. And and we and and we reap the benefits of that, and they do too. Because listen, this is peak New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know people want to point their fingers at the '90s and how you know amazing that time period was, and it was. Don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not disputing that. But let's let's be honest here. This is a peak in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it might just be the peak. And you have all these different elements that I talked about before kind of leading us to this peak. 
This is exactly the kind of thing that Miro Suzuki was talking about in that interview he did on the website where he was comparing New Japan to WWE and basically talking about the WWE Performance Center where the, these guys come through and uh, they come out the other end and they are jack-of-all-trades, master of fuck-all. Whereas in New Japan, you take a guy like Kenta or John Moxley or whatever, and it's going to sound crazy, you disguise, you hide their weaknesses, you accentuate their strengths. So I know some people might have been a bit disappointed by the main event. They're expecting some sort of, you know, seven-star work rate classic. That's not what you're going to get from Kenta. He's, he's not that guy anymore. He is a guy who is going to work the crowds and get people just frothing at the mouth and piss them off and just make you on the edge of your seat so you're, you're just desperate to see him get his ass kicked by the good guy. And I think that's what happened. You know, I'm, I'm going to call an audible here, Damon. Let's go in reverse order for this show. All right. Let's start with the main event. Eighth match, IWGP heavyweight and IWGP intercontinental double championship match where Tetsuya Naito defeats Kenta in 35 minutes and 50 seconds with Destino. And I thought this was pretty divisive, especially the opening five minutes, which was just pure stalling from Kenta. But I loved it. I thought it worked. And it was it it worked. Well, it was very daring, first of all. But it, you had those two matches prior to it. You had uh, Hiromu and Ryuli. And then you had Moxley and Suzuki, which had these, like really high-speed, furious, energetic starts. So you had Hiromu and Ryu Lee just chopping the shit out of each other for five minutes. You had Moxie and Suzuki just battering each other with chairs on the ramp. And Kenta is probably looking at those matches and thinking, well, no, I can't I can't compete with that because we're not having a sort of hardcore-style uh, deathmatch brawl. We're not going to do a, a 100 miles per hour junior heavyweight sprint. So he's going to do something a bit different. And I thought it was a, a, a really bold choice to open the match with that. But I thought it worked. And I just, you know, I said I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of all the, the shithousery. You know, when he took the Naito bear and a stomping on that. And this is something that uh, Manabu and I were chatting about. That the, there's, almost, there's a lot of similarities between Kenta and Yoshihashi. Because these are two guys who are somewhat limited by what they can do physically with injuries that they've had. But Kenta is a guy who managed to adapt and think, well, I, I, I can't do those kind of explosive matches anymore. What I will do is adapt my personality and work on my promos and work on pissing off the crowds and use that to my strengths, which he's done. But Yoshihashi is a guy who has been unable to do that and unable to adapt. Whilst they might be you know at a similar level physically one of them evolved the other one didn't and there was also a lot of similarities between Naito and Kenta because Naito a guy who when he came back from his excursion with the LIJ gimmick he was using seconds he was having interference with guys in his corner he was doing all the shit talking and pissing off his opponents and as Manabu pointed out to me this is kind of like in this main event you've got Naito looking at a past version of himself so, so many little in intriguing similarities between the these two guys, Kenta and Naito, just two sides of the same coin. And then uh, you've also got the Naito relationship with the Osaka crowd, where yeah. I believe at one point he said that if he doesn't, if he doesn't come back as IWGP heavyweight champion, he he, he says, uh, you guys can boo me. Yep. And they did. So they've got kind of this uh, interesting relationship with him, but now he's coming in for the first time. I, no, is 
He he came in in uh, was it twenty sixteen Dominion? He was champion then, but he lost the belt. So this was the second time he's coming into Osaka Joe Hall as the champion, but the first time he's managed to get a successful defense. So a, a big moment for him personally. So that kind of strange relationship he had with the, the crowds was noticeable here because I thought the crowd were pretty quiet throughout this and it seemed well Manabu pointed out to me that it could could be because a lot of people in the crowd are wearing these surgical masks now which can uh, muffle some of the audio but towards the end of the match they were really loud but I felt in in the middle of it and sort of towards the 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 last third of the match the crowd didn't seem to be reacting to Kenta's big moves like the game over submission is very quiet. Busaiku Ni, not much response because they didn't believe that he was going to win uh, with those moves at least. Yeah. But uh, so I, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe the crowd are just here because they want to see Naito kick this guy's ass, and, and that's all they're going to react to. But then we got t- towards the end of this match, and we got some run-ins from Bullet Club. We got Jay White coming in. And you know, it's something we joke about a lot, but it's nice to see Naito's got some friends here. So it's funny, like Bushi's always the first guy who comes out to help. It's the two Tetsuyas, they've got each other's backs. Um, but yeah, a nice bit of continuity from what happened on January 5th, where you know the LIJ guys were kind of making excuses in interviews for not defending Naito. But Bushi, again, he was the first guy to come out on January 5th. He was the first guy to come out here, but wasn't able to actually uh, deal with Jay White. But then... Hiromu appeared, and Hiromu was a guy who's been talking in the interviews as well, saying, you know, I, I let Naito do his thing, you know, he can fight his own battles, it's more interesting that way. But this time, Hiro comes out to stop Jay White, because they've got a bit of history together. Again, I'm getting so much good stuff from Manabu, we've got to get him on the show at some point, because apparently when Jay White debuted in Ring of Honor, his opponent was Kamitachi. So they've got a little bit of history as well. So there's so many interesting threads going into this match, which, if you know about it, just enhances your enjoyment of them. So at that point, I think the crowd switched. And they thought, and I thought as well, watching it, I was like, shit, he might actually win here. Now you've got all this interference. And then the, the turnbuckle spot, which was like the big Chekhov's gun, because that turnbuckle had been exposed for a while and nothing happened. And then when Naito went headfirst into that, and is he's just pissing blood, then... I started to think, shit, they might actually have Ken to win here. And when he got that schoolboy near fall from the, the exposed turnbuckle shot, that got a huge reaction from the crowd. They, they finally managed to get them into the drama. So really exciting closing stretch there with the, the go to sleep, counting into the little half Destino. And then Naito finally managing to get the win with a full Destino. I thought this, this was a, re- a different kind of main event IWGP heavyweight title match. Uh, not the kind of thing... Maybe that we're used to as New Japan fans, but I thought it was different, and I really, really enjoyed it. I felt almost exactly the same way as usual, in the sense of, yeah, it's not that standard and, dare I say, cookie-cutter New Japan Pro Wrestling main event that we're so accustomed to. This was a different pace and a different feel. Um, And you're right, in the sense of, it felt like the beginning of the match, uh, again, the stalling and all all the shenanigans that, that went on, and even like the stuff with, uh, you know, with Bullet Club coming down, and there was a lot of stuff where you you you're pausing and you're kind of looking and saying, okay, this could go downhill quickly. This match, it, it was almost like a tale of two matches where you had the, and, and I'm kind of going by the fans' reaction too in, in what you were saying, where it felt like 
they were only reacting to to moments where Naito was laying the boots to Kenta because it felt like that's what they paid to go say. And then you're right, that exposed turnbuckle thing that was felt pretty innocent enough at the time, right? But lo and behold, it plays a factor. Now, I'm going to throw something at you. I thought it was so at first I actually was like wow they they're having him blade they're having him you know they're have you know they're having him you know take care of himself to for this finish because I just thought it was very odd that even earlier in the match with Kenta doing the you know taking off the the turnbuckle padding and then you know red shoes not having it and then him going over to the other one and taking off that one and then having it play so prominently in the finish of the match, I was like, well, they, I mean, did he, he had, like, I just thought the coincidence of that and him hitting that turnbuckle and from every indicator that I've had and every, that, that it was completely accidental. Um, but I just thought it was so weird to how that played into the finish of the match. It what, what accidental blood, Joel? I think it was, yeah. It didn't look like a... It, it kind of happened too quickly for it to be a blade job. Yeah, but don't you think it's very odd that how that exposed turnbuckle played a fact... You know, it was just, again, it, it felt like in the middle of the match it was a little bit of a throwaway, but then, okay, so how are we going to use this throughout the match? And then really the one time that it really got prominent... You know, he hits a gusher, <laughs> right? Um, I, I love stuff like that. It's what you have in like in in any kind of sort of fiction, like or books, movies, whatever. Chekhov's gun. You know, you show something, and you know you, you you show a gun in the movie, and then by the end of the movie, that gun has got to be brought into play. So they got this exposed turnbuckle, and then you forget about it, and then bang, it's right there at the end. You're like, fuck, I forgot about the turnbuckle, and it's very satisfying. And, and dramatically rewarding as a, f- a viewer, it is. But to but to to again, w- I've said it before. Where accidental blood, absolutely, and and I hate in the sense that you know you're you're risking injury here, um, and at, at the very least uh, a handful of stitches. It always adds this this absolute dramatic element to a pro wrestling match, and I think. The idea of blading in, especially in New Japan pro wrestling, is really a, a concept that's kind of uh, is you know gone by the wayside. Um, and I think when it does happen accidentally, there is it like you you heard Osaka sit up in their seats and were like whoa, and it, everybody was just like okay. We're we're into this, and again, they went to the finish relatively quick. It felt like after that spot, but I think it's just the visual of Naito with that dry ass hair of his and the blood pouring down his face, um, and it not you know it's not drying up very well. I I, I thought that was an absolutely awesome uh, visual. And the idea of, okay, so Kenta getting pinned, but even so, Naito looking absolutely the worst for wear, right? 
I think that is I, I that's that was an awesome closing stretch. Again, accidental blood almost always making a match a th- uh, you know more interesting, but I think they were making it more interesting in that closing stretch anyway. Um the, the blood just adding an extra layer of icing on a on a pretty cool cake, I thought. I love the match. I really did and I liked everything how it was played out. I and and, and you're right, Kent is not going to be the guy that's going to give you that five-star classic New Japan Pro Wrestling main event. And he wasn't there to do it. He was there to push those emotional buttons. uh, And I thought he did it well. And just give me a solid five-minute closing stretch. And I felt like he did that. And then, bonus, we got Hardway Blood uh, to add an extra layer of uh, frosting on a cake. That's almost become Naito's thing, isn't it, the blood? Because you remember after he got jumped by Chris Jericho and he was wearing the crimson mask after that and yeah. he just looked amazing. And here again, he's just bright red, you know, streaming down his face. He's got his tongue sticking out and he just he looks like almost like a lunatic. And and yeah, to your point about accidental blood, if you remember the 2014 New Japan Cup final with between Shizuke Nakamura and Bad Luck Fale, where Fale accidentally busted open Nakamura's nose. And again, that just added an incredible amount of drama to uh, to the match as it was. Yep, I remember there was a, a, a what was it? Was it Tenzan? Um, you know, it was, I don't want to say it was a throwaway match, but there, you know that it, where you know he misses a a spot, and oh my god, here we go. Um, I mean, there's plenty of times where that's happened. It's just it just always. And it always seems like it's like a nice, a, a decent closing stretch. So you've already kind of worked the crowd up and, and 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 got them into your match already, and then you add that element. Again, I don't think it was in, you know intentionally done, but it just seemed like you know that turnbuckle spot was 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 made early in the match, bringing it back, and then that happens. I, I just thought it was really an an, an, an interesting way to go. Um, and they, and they played off of that turnbuckle spot. So I loved it. Um, where, where are we, do we, are we doing snowflakes or what are we doing? Uh, I, I just find snowflakes very reductive. They don't really capture the, the, the nuances of the match and the kind of conflicting things. Cause I, you know, I will acknowledge that some people might've been, uh, turned off or bored by the stalling and might not have felt that in terms of the work rate it w- was worthy of a big New Japan main event but if you're invested in Kenta and you're invested in the story and Naito is, is the defending champion then it's going to resonate with you a lot more so that's sure. that's why I do sort of struggle with the stars if I you know gun to my head I'd probably have it maybe like four maybe four and a quarter for the I drama of it yeah yeah I went four um yeah, but and I and I get it. I I like the match. I really I, did. I appreciate the variety, Damon. Yep, me too. Me too. It wasn't. And again, I think I don't think it was variety just for variety's sake, Joe. I think it was. I think again, I don't think I don't I don't necessarily want to see a mat classic between these two. I'm gonna see Kenta kicking the shit out of Naito, and I'm gonna see Naito yeah. fighting back and 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 trying to beat that that element. You know, and 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 I want to see Naito get some revenge too. Like, and I kind of feel like that's how this match played out. Yeah, it totally made sense with the story that they were trying to build. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we've got a few questions about this match. Then uh, John Carroll, host of Wrestling Omakase, says, "Did eleven thousand people come to Osaka Joe Hall to see Naito Kenta, or were they really there just in case?" Uh, Kenny and Maker came back. Uh, <laughs> thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, a little sports radio there. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think it, it, pro wrestling. But, but sorry, to just give context for this, I, there seems to be a lot of noises coming out of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, maybe being quite generous to the draw appeal of that man when it comes to big New Japan shows. Like There, there were comments that Wrestle Kingdom 12 was a, a big box office success because of the Jericho versus Omega match and not so much the Naito Okada match. So I, I believe that <laughs> this is the, the genesis of questions like this. Well, I will say that, I mean, I'm you know, Omega and Jericho did move tickets. So let's, let's, you know, we can't dismiss that. But yeah, I did see like, what was the, the comment of, you know, that being the main event and not Naito Okada or sometimes I, look, um, I told you, I, I can't, I stopped following Dave. Like I on my dumb non-existing Twitter account. I just, I just can't like, because here's the thing. Really the main reason was I just can't, there's, I got no value out of it. following him. Because all him he, arguing with, right, with, arguing with random trolls, right. like people who are just deliberately trying to wind him up, and then he's quote tweeting them, getting his mates. He's just like, "What are you doing, mate? Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Surely you've got better things to do." Right. It's it's you know, I, it was just no value, and it was just like I would just see so much of it, and then the whole cornet thing. I was just like, you know what, both of you fucking assholes. Bye. <laughs> I, I can't deal with this. Um. So, but if you want good insider sources for New Japan Pro Wrestling, then you, you follow the Super J cast. I, you, I mean, you would think, right? Uh, my uh, lovely wife, sorry, is uh, leaving for work. So uh, goodbye. Have a good day. I'll see you in a bit. Um, yeah, you would think uh, you think you would just stick with us and uh, not have to deal with all that. But hey, listen, what are you going to do? Sometimes, uh, sometimes you need that pain in your life, and eventually you get rid of it. So it's the, uh, that's that. But to answer John's question, um, that's 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 a significant feather in Naito's cap and Kenta's cap. Um, but that's a nice way to kick off an, uh, a, a a title run. I, I will say that. Do you think then, Damon, next year New Japan will be seriously thinking about doing the Kyocera Dome for Dominion? Because it seems like surely they'd want to do New Beginning in Osaka Joe Hall again, but then upgrade Dominion to a larger venue. And it seems there's in Osaka there's nothing in between the the dome, the Kyocera Dome, and Osaka Joe Hall. I mean, I'm, I'm we, in not so many words. We, we've we've been whispered that that's that's a future goal for them, for the company, right? To have. And I think even correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't Naito even said that? Um, you know, being in 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 domes in different parts uh, of the country, and and in different seasons, so not just focused on January fourth. Um, I would think so, man. I think that's the next step for, especially for that that Japanese audience and growing that Japanese audience. And I think um, with a lot of the announcements that occurred. Um, during this show, that's going to help do that. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about the the importance of that in a moment. But 
Yeah, I think that's something that that's a goal that is circled in someone's notebook that those bigger bigger buildings and domes for other shows. That's I think that's right around the corner. George Impaler, uh, no, George Thimpler on Twitter says, uh, Kenta's next feud slash title shot. Uh, now, I was interested because in some of the interviews uh, leading up to this, Kenta said he was waiting for his return. And so a lot of people debating, who is this his? Is it Shibata? Is it Nakamura? Who is he talking about? Could it be someone else? So I, I'm just not sure. What, what do you do with Kenta now? Because I think he's a guy who is talented enough as a speaker that you can immediately heat him up anytime you need a you know a, a kind of medium to big size program do you have him challenging for other singles titles because i think he would be a great guy for the intercontinental title but it seems that that's going to be connected to the heavyweight title for the time being so what do you think's next for kenta well i mean if we're if we're looking at for title shots would you have a problem with this, uh, like a Kenta Jay White tag team, or a Kenta Fale tag team? I think that would be great. I think that would be a really good way to again uh, hide Kenta's physical limitations by having him in a tag team. Right. So again, if we're fantasy booking, get those titles off God. And then uh, maybe a new challenge from Bullet Club. Yeah, let's say, you know, Tanahashi and Ibushi versus Kenta and Jay White for the tag titles. Four guys not doing anything. Why not? Why not? Right. Um, again, because it feels like you're never is going to be locked up, locked down with a bunch of different uh, challengers that might not involve any of those guys. Um, U.S. title. I mean, looks to looks to go be going in a different direction and and, and an exciting one. Dare I say? Um. I mean, where else would you go? It looks like the, the Intercontinental title is wrapped up with the heavy, heavyweight. Um, and if we're putting that to the side for now, I mean, that might be something that might, you know... Look, I, I really feel like the, 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 the tag titles are a thing where, again, if we need to put people a little bit on the back burner, tag title situation could, could be that place where people don't have to kill themselves working so hard so you know in singles matches and 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 I don't want to say take nights off but you know it is a little bit easier in tag situations and again make it interesting why not do something different um so if i have had a wish that might be one of them GW McKeon on Twitter says, do you think the major appeal of a Naito title run isn't going to be five-star main events, but more so the drama that they could take it off him at any moment before having a satisfying title run? I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive. I think, yes, the latter is definitely true. There is a lot of drama. A lot of Naito fans are are thinking that he's on borrowed time as far as his title run goes. But at the same time, I think he's more than capable of putting on those five-star classics. It just depends, depends who his opponent is. But I do agree that there is more drama and more of a sense of peril with him as champion than there was with someone like Okada as champion. Yeah. But I think that's... Because like when Okada's having... Sorry, when Okada's like defending against someone like you know Jericho or Suzuki or Sanada, you know he's not losing. But any given opponent with Naito, 
well, or most opponents, I wouldn't be stunned if he lost. But that's the appeal to me, isn't it? Isn't that part of the appeal that he is this guy that, um, and and you've seen it in the past, you know, where okay, he's had a cup of coffee with the title before, and he's you know lost big matches that you thought he was definitely going to win. Like he's not this superhero guy. That's that's I think is part of his charm and part of his allure is that he's not this comic book character where he's going to you know take seven finishing moves and be able to fucking find a way to come back and win. He's going to eat the fucking pin. So that danger element of him um, not being this superhero is part of that of 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 his charm almost and part of the reason why people can can latch on to him and and in a strange way i kind of feel like lij have this connection with him in the sense of they're there for him it's almost like lij fans are almost like a support blanket for him so when he falls it's a soft landing and i don't see that with okada fans and i don't see that with tanahashi fans and i don't even see that with fucking Oh, you know, Omega fans to a, to, a, to a large degree, right? I mean, like Naito has this this I don't want to say like he has this personality, and it's not a defect, but it is this thing where he's it's almost like I'm expecting you to lose, and I'm there for you because we're all. The, we have this element, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it, that's cool because you're right. Any, he could, it could be anybody because they've been burnt by it before. And maybe this is the biggest master booking of all time, right? Like this whole journey for Naito is this is this fact that he is not superhuman, um, and. All this whole path of him, oh Naito, and 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 oh he doesn't win the big one. Oh, and they fucked the fans again. And when is he going to get his win? And now he's finally got his win. And they and they and we can't have the celebration. And we're still sitting there on eggshells because we know this is going to end soon. It's fucking great. <laughs> huh? Let me let's be honest here. This is fucking great. We have a whole pocket of fans that are like, oh, fuck, I know it's going to end. And I just, <laughs> you know, man, and, uh, but fuck it, we're still there till the end. This is fucking great. This, uh, this is great pro wrestling. Ah, oh, what a fucking it's like It's like England in the World Cup. Yes. You want them to do well, and you know they're going to sort of be kind of in the mix, but it's you're just sort of anticipating that glorious tragic failure but you're going to be there for it whatever happens right and those scars and those bruises and those scabs they make you harder and that makes the fandom harder almost it's almost as if all that losing and all the that heartbreak and all that why not us and all that the fucking promotion screwing this guy all of that was played into what we see right now with a title reign of, oh, this could be anybody, which means every fucking title defense will be amazing. 
Because every near fall will be, please fucking kick out. Please fucking kick out. And you might not always get that with a with a with an Okada match. And you might not always get that with a Tanahashi match. This has been done masterfully. Masterfully. I can't think I can't Joel, I can't think of another top guy who is so on thin ice in the sense of well, why not? They fucked us before. You know what I mean? Can you think of another guy like that? And I think that's great. It just makes it so much more fucking dramatic. I'm in. I'm in. Anders on Twitter says, what do you think Hiromu dragging Jay White away uh, means, if anything? Well, I talked about that before because I think, I don't know if it's necessarily leading to anything, but uh, they've got that history. But let's speak on Hiromu because he came out at the end of the show and challenge Naito and so they're going to have a match that's official for the anniversary show and as soon as that match was announced the the remaining few tickets for that anniversary show sold out because I mean I I can imagine Naito versus Hiromu being very very appealing to a lot of New Japan fans and I believe Hiromu said that he wants a a a future title shot on the line for this match so uh, I mean sure why not I mean he's not going to win but it would add a bit of extra spice to the match but uh, yeah that's going to be a fun one to look forward to Hiromu versus Naito because they got that cute sort of big brother little brother dynamic where they're always kind of like fucking with each other and Hiromu's always stealing Naito's hat and it's uh, very adorable so I'm looking forward to seeing how that metaphor manifests itself in a wrestling match yeah and unfortunately all everything that i just said i i don't think that we're changing any titles here but yeah i think we're, we're in for a fantastic match and a fu- yeah, it's usually a non-title match isn't it this anniversary well he's maybe. pushing for it right isn't he isn't he all, like like in, in interviews and in in comments um he's oh, yeah i think of. he said if he if he wants a if he wins he wants a future title ah. shot. i think he might have even said he wants a wrestle kingdom title shot <laughs> so i i don't know i'd have to go back and check but even though the title's not going to be on the line for this match i think he says he wants a if he wins he wants a future shot do you think he's winning well hiromu yeah oh it, i would bloody love it uh-huh channeling my inner kevin keegan i would love it if he beat him but no i don't think it's gonna happen neither do i unfortunately Okay, uh, seventh match then was IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match. John Moxley defending against Minoru Suzuki, winning 17 minutes, 16 seconds with the Death Rider. And yeah, just to talk again about that interview with Suzuki where he was just basically saying that the guys who come out in New Japan are not you know, completely well-rounded and the, the complete package and the, the final product and perfect. They're not. They've got flaws, but... Yeah, and this was a case in point, really, of two guys who, you know, one guy who's pretty old, you know, wrong side of 50, probably winding things down as far as his career goes. And then another guy who's never been uh, a mat wrestling specialist. He's not going to put on any grappling clinics, but two guys are just incredible at what they do and are very good at accentuating their strengths. And I thought this match was amazing. I, I... it exceeded my expectations, Damon. I I thought I knew, knew what kind of match it was going to be, but I thought I was expecting something a bit more gimmicky. You know, I'd watch like Moxley against Omega in matches they had an AEW where they're just sort of using crazy weapons on each other, and I thought that's the kind of match it was going to be, but it wasn't that at all. This was it was one of the most violent matches I've seen. 
just in, in terms of the the energy, the intensity of it, because it like it wasn't that choreographed sequence of spots with a, an escalating series of wacky weapons. It was two guys who looked like they genuinely lost their minds trying to fuck each other up, and it was great. And, and Moxley sold the elbow really well throughout. You know, he was he was sort of trying to mix up his offense to account for that injury. So. I, I thought that's an underrated part of his game there. And I, sh- I really I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would, Damon. Yeah. This, like, watching this, it was it was like two guys who may have had one too many beers getting in, into a fight and just not having the brains to stop fighting, right? Which, again, you're not looking at a technical masterpiece when it comes to fighting, but you're look you're marveled at the fact that these two sons of bitches are able to physically do what they do and go come back for more. Yeah, I was enthralled with this match. It was great. And I'll tell you what. Small subtle things uh like there are moments where you're like first of all, I don't think anybody Delivers a shot harder than Suzuki. Like those the sound that he generates is just incredible. Look, there are guys that do the fucking leg slap, and they do it. So, they they're able to hide it well, right? There is no fucking leg slapping going on here, kids. He, it is. I I mean, like a bat, like a cricket bat, just being whacked across somebody's chest. It is unbelievable. And you gotta hand it to Moxley. He was right there to the to the very end. Man, I'm every time Suzuki lays one in, I'm thinking about story that sorry to uh, name drop, but I'm sitting there thinking about some of the stories Hinare was was talking about, and you know, and he's talking about how you know how Kevin Kelly talks about how. Suzuki warms up in the back and he's like just like beating the fuck out of young lions and you know that's legit apparently and him you know and Hinari was has been on the other side of it and he has said he hits so fucking hard like it makes you want to throw up <laughs> you know what I mean like like you just fucking feel it in the in the core of your body you feel it and and Moxley took that shit for twenty minutes. Um, the one thing, Kevin, I gotta give props to Kevin Kelly on this, where they're brawling outside the ring, and it was a throwaway line, but I roared when he goes, they're brawling outside, and then they finally get near their table, and Kevin Kelly goes, "All right, we're dead." <laughs> I lost my mind uh, at the thought of them scrambling. And he's just like, all right, we're fucking dead. We're dead. <laughs> I, it was hilarious. Um, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, too. They used a lot of furniture. But I, but it, it didn't, never felt like it was overkill. It, it never was like, ugh, here we go again. Like, it never felt that. It never felt like it was done in a way just to shave time off a match. It really felt like everything had a, had a nice purpose. Um, I love the fact, and and we can get into this now. How great! How excited are you, Joel, at the prospect 
of one Zack Sabre Jr. and John Moxley for the U.S. fucking title. I right. am all in on this. That is a match I never knew I wanted. Yeah. Until it was on the table. Now I'm desperate to see Zack as the the transatlantic champion of wrestling. And I, uh, Moxley's in post post match comments afterwards, where he's talking of like uh, he said Zack is like the human. Udon noodle, and he also gave a shout out to the noodle sandwiches at Seven Eleven, which I thought was really funny. But yeah, this is, I I don't know, just they are just striking gold with me for these post match beatdowns, and you, you kind of think you know you don't want to do them too often because otherwise they lose their effect. But here I was just like, wow, where's this come from? And I'm really excited for this Moxley Zach match. Yep, I mean, again the the. 2020. I just think they they are clicking on all cylinders. Um, we've gone from dream fire pro wrestling match of of Suzuki and Moxley, and we're just going to transition in Suzuki Goon again. We're just going to slide right on in to to again a match. You know, I don't think anybody had penciled down of 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 something they they. We're looking forward to in the future that they thought it would even occur. But when I saw that skinny motherfucker lock on and that, that octopus, I was like, this, this will be great. And the feud will be great. And the promos will be great. Um, yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I love it when you go from a hot mat, a, 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 a sexy feud, a hot match that that to me delivered and probably over delivered like you said and you seamlessly feed into another super hot program that you didn't even know you wanted like to me that is just oh chef's kiss chef's kiss uh and again for a title that let's be honest here has had its moments of glory, and I put that in air quotes, and moments where it's just like, what the fuck are they doing with this title? Um, I'm in. I'm in on this, and I, I thought this match was fantastic. And again, what we're seeing on this show, different matches, different styles, different things, but yet checking the boxes of, of a great match. I loved it. I thought this was wonderful. I'll throw a few questions at you. Lone Magician says, what's Moxley ceiling in New Japan? Uh, Toso957 on Twitter says, can we start including John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki in the same conversations as Bruce Brody, Stan Hansen, and Abdullah the Butcher in terms of brawling and blatant disregard for human life? Uh, Jay Reezy Min says, so is this Mox push to lure him away from AW? I don't really understand it. Can you help me out? I think John's maybe still a bit salty that uh, Lance Archer is no longer US champion. So uh, talk to us a bit about what you think Moxley's ceiling is in New Japan. And um, yeah, this is the other points about put me in the same conversations the likes of Brody and Hanson Abdullah the Butcher well I think the only like I, I don't think I would put them in the same category right I mean I just because I think the guys that you mentioned are pure wrestling icons um and and huge stars um the likes in Japan I don't think it would be hard to say we would ever see again. Um, 
when I go over, it's you know when 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 you go somewhere that's not wrestling related and you talk, you know, well, why are you here? And well, pro wrestling. And like, ah, oh, pro wrestling. And the name that almost always comes out is, and it's weird because I would be like, why? Stan Hansen. Everybody always says Stan Hansen. And they always do the, ooh. And maybe because I'm American and and fat, maybe they say that. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I would put, them, would put Moxley in that rarefied air. Uh, but I will say this. I think he will, if he doesn't win, he's going to get plenty of votes for like best brawler. Um, because I think that's what he brings to the table. I don't want John Moxley to put on a fucking arm bar. You know what I mean? I want him to go through the crowd with an eye patch, you know, um, and, you know, and, and do the shit that we've seen. What is it? What is his ceiling? I think you're looking at it. You know what I mean? I think he'll be dropped in on bigger shows. Um, a US I was going to say, if if you were able to use him in the States, just, you know, potentially Naito versus Moxley main event at MSG, yeah. that'd be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think but so. But you can't, so. Yeah, I mean, do you think he's someone that you could plug in as a, a IWGP heavyweight title challenger, at least? Yeah. I I do, I do. Um, yeah, I, I I'm going to say yes. Um, I don't know why I'm hesitating with that. Maybe it's because it, it, it you know the, the AEW thing. But yeah, I think I think so. Um, what do you? No, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say, what do you think the likelihood is that they allow any of those guys work that Madison Square Garden show? Zero. I do you think, do you think if I were Tony all... Khan, I would not want them working that show. Okay. Do you think there are do you think there's at least conversations going on right now to say, look, what do, what do we need to do to make this happen? Do you think there's there's conversations of this at all? Just to feel it out, just to make sure that that there's no way of ha- this happening. I hate to bring it up. I, I really do. But Yeah, I'm sure they they're asking, you know, people like him well, I guess it's just him and Jericho are the two main guys who Right. That's would all we love want to be on that show. Great. That's all we want. All we want and, and I'll be honest with you, I'd be I'd be perfectly content with just just, just Moxley. But any do you think there's any shot? I don't think so. Yeah, if you go into my head, do I think either of those guys are appearing at Madison Square Garden? No. What do you mean, Madison Square Garden? What are you, ta- what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, oh, oh, we're getting there, motherfuckers. We're we're getting there. Yeah, it's in it's in the notes. Don't worry. We got a, we got a stinger. <laughs> Andrew's working on it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the sixth match there, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Hiromi Takahashi defending against Ryu Lee, 23 minutes, 54 seconds oh, with boy. the time bomb. First of all, Damon, I'm going to go straight. Steel O'Neill on Twitter says, any better pre-match press conference answer than Hiromu's Dragon Lee song? Have you seen this song? Yes, I did, and it is great. Fucking tremendous. I, I'm telling you right now, Hiromu might be, if not my favorite, 
he's in the top three without question, easily. He's he's just he's just magic, pure fucking magic. Uh, all right, get to the match because uh, I, I literally my pants are down right now just thinking of it. Go for it. Holy fucking shit! What a match. Look, I love a good car crash, right? This. Remember back when we talked about that thing, the Jesus Christ count, right? Remember that little bit we did? And I even made a Spotify playlist, and it's called the Jesus Christ count. I must have Jesus Christ 17 times during this match. There is one point where I yelped so loud, my wife thought I fucking broke my foot. I couldn't believe some of the shit I was saying. First of all, let's talk about literally. And I know you love it when I say literally, but I'm going to say literally five minutes of these motherfuckers slapping the shit out of their chest. Un-fucking-believable. Uh, did you see a picture of Hiromo's titty? <laughs> it, was, it was practically blue, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness gracious. I was... They were, and here's the thing, they would go and then they would kind of do the, uh, uh, like some spot and you would think, okay, that's, that's, and then they would just go right back into the chopping. Unbelievably great. I loved it, right? And it's become like a little bit of a theme. They just start out right out of the gate, bing, hot as, hot as fire, five minutes of chopping. Great. Love it. And you're thinking, okay, so. Yeah, maybe they're going to do a match where it's not as dangerous because of the history of these two, right? We all know, the, you know, the the broken neck, all of that. Nah, nah. Let's 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 do the opposite of that, Joe. Let's let, let's then prop Hiromo on the on the rail with his ass sitting on the uh, announcer's table, and I'm going to do a dive through the the middle ropes. Oh, through the ropes, past that, and just wipe out Hiromu. I couldn't believe that one. And then, again, we're going to do her Karana's off the fucking ring apron onto the floor. We're taking back bumps on the floor. We're doing the double stomp from the top rope to the outside. They, there was, here's the thing. You got to appreciate two guys who, who have no fear. Like, there are literally people in life that they have absolutely no reservations, no hesitation, no whatever. They just fucking do shit. I, I, I don't know how you can do that. Like, when people, when, like, when athletes get hurt, one of the big media questions that you will always hear, whether it's a knee or an ankle or a shoulder, is... You know, when they're when they're finally getting out there at practice, the first day of practice, maybe they're not doing any contact drills or whatever. But it's always like, how did how the arm feel? How did how the knee feel? Uh, any were you you know were you conscious of it? Were you you know were you, uh, were you mindful of how it felt when you were? Yeah. Same with football. They're oh, is he going to be sort of thinking twice before he right. goes in for a fifty fifty challenge? Is he going to be right. like fully physically committed because of what's happened? Yep, Joel. I don't think there was a look. After after the five minute chop exchange, th- there was not it or you know listen I'm not going to speak about their minds but the, what what I saw 
there wasn't a thought of, ah, I'm a guy that's been on the shelf for a fucking year with a broken neck. Ah, I don't. I gotta protect this guy because he he was on the shelf for a year with a broken neck. Um, they, I, and here's the thing too. We talked about Will Osprey, uh, you know, picking up right where he left off. How about a guy who's been on the shelf for a year, over a year, just literally? I'm gonna hop right back into the ring and pick off right where the fuck I left off, like I never missed a beat. The motherfucker hasn't missed a beat, Joel. How is that humanly possible? How is that? I, I, I've, I've, come on. What a match. What a car crash. What a fucking spectacular display of pro wrestling. I could watch these two every day and twice on Sunday and never get bored of it. I love these two. I And here's another thing. I, I really wish, and I know he's, he's doing Ring of Honor stuff and... Look, whatever we got to do to lock him down, can we lock him down? I uh, uh, really can we do it tomorrow because he is great. Hiromo is fucking the most exciting to me. He's the most exciting guy in pro wrestling. He uh, from top to bottom, from the entrance, which I fucking love, to uh, his promos, to his ring gear, to his matches. I don't find anyone more compelling than him. Um, I fucking loved it, and God bless these guys because they're shaving years off their career, and they don't seem to give a fuck. Such a great twist on the the accusation that, oh, the first 10 minutes of New Japan matches doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just chopping each other nonstop. It it was great. And and Damien, I thought it was just remarkable how dangerous this match was but also how both guys took such good care of each other yeah because you know when they're sort of flinging each other uh, flinging themselves head first off the the apron and then like dragon lee like when hiromi was doing his that sort of sent on thing that he does and then dragon lee just catches him perfectly and just almost sort of gently and lovingly lowers him down to the floor and just the margin for error for these spots is razor thin as yeah. these two guys very well know from what happened to them two years ago but just the, the unpredictability of it you're just watching on the edge of your seat because you're like what the fuck are these two lunatics going to do next and just the, 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 when they tease that phoenix yes like, they just that sound that came from the crowd like oh yeah no like surely not you're going to do it and and they didn't do it in the end i you know i think they will meet again and they're going to do that move i i think and i just love the story of it with of really thinking like Fuck it. This is the only move that I know that's going to keep this crazy motherfucker down. So I'm going to try and land it. Who I, I don't care what happened in the past. And just towards the end of the match, I really like how Hiromu basically like collapsed into the first time bomb. Like He had nothing left. And it was kind of interesting that he didn't do the time bomb too, the move that he used to beat Osprey, which you know I don't know what that means, but uh, there you go. And yeah, just a terrific match. Where does it rank for you in their series? They're all great. Um... This one, I don't know. This one maybe feels a little bit special because of the injury, right? And, and the story that's there, and the and the continuation that the fact that they are they were able to to continue, right? Um, I don't know. It's got to be right up there. It's got to be right up there. I, I I love that tease, and it's you know it's pretty amazing. That probably got the loudest reaction of of anything in the entire match, right? That tease, the thing that they 
didn't do got the loudest reaction. Um, oh, I, I like I like I would watch that match again and again. There was one spot, Joe, where they did the, uh, the you know how he does the toss into the turnbuckle. So Hiromu kind of tosses, um, uh, really into the turnbuckle, and he landed on the back of his head, and he almost skipped on the mat. And I'm just like, oh my god, he broke his fucking neck. Uh, just yeah, razor thin is exactly it. Just the 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 chance and the and the in the danger like and them teasing the double stomp going back and forth ah oh, look I, it's right up there man I, I gotta be honest with you it's right up there and i think um i think i want to see it again <laughs> that's the thing i think i want to see it again uh i would watch again i would watch them every day fantastic pro wrestling man fan fantastic pro wrestling our fifth match was a special singles match with Jay White defeating Sonata in 21-52 with right. a Blade Runner. Okay, <laughs> I can hear by that side. I know what you're going to say. I, I don't think this match is as bad as a lot of people are saying. I thought it was it was fine. It was good. Too long. And I kind of felt like Sonata was going through the motions for the first two-thirds of it. Like it, I, I felt like it was a, a fire pro sim where he's just working through a, a checklist of his signature spots. It's like, okay, right, I'm going to do the paradise look. Okay, now I'm going to do the, the plancher and point, point to my ear. Uh, now I'm going to do the uh, the, uh, the the spot, the, the leapfrogging spot without any kind of interesting connective tissue. And, and there are also a few dodgy moments. The there bit with Gado on the ropes, that was poorly executed and there was that moment where Sonata's trying to flip over into doing the I assume he was going for the skull end and he didn't quite manage to rotate and Jay nearly dropped him on his head it did kick on though I I, I just feel Sonata is at his best when he's in a a fast paced athletic grappling exchange with someone who's bringing that urgency and Jay White is not going to be that guy he was at the end of this match but it was just like oil and water it didn't mix and my other takeaway from this i was quite shocked at how definitive it was at the end because the story going into this match is jay white saying that sonata wasn't at his level it turned out he was right there was no shenanigans he just beat him clean and jay white's the better wrestler here Um, what did you think of the match look i this did not work for me on 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 many levels you're right there were there were there were more than a few moments where i'm just kind of shaking my head at just the <sighs> sloppiness and the like the i don't i i i, I hate i don't want to say lack of trying cuz that's not what it was but it really did feel like there were two guys that were just the wrong people to be in the ring with each other. And I remember last week when we were doing previews on this, just being really concerned that, that we were going to get this and we got it. It, it. it was the worst case scenario for me. Anyway, look, 
they're 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 this and this goes over and above the idea of this guy doesn't do anything for me. Like if I feel like it goes over and above that. Sonata is one of those guys, man. Look, I can't believe we're talking about a guy that needs to have this type. Like he needs to have the guy to carry the pace. Blah, 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 blah. He's been a pro wrestler for fucking how many years? And he's super talented. Like, and that's what I, I like. Like, like these are two guys where it's like you need someone to tell me about the nuances of pro wrestling. It's like a fucking guy who's like a Radiohead fan who's going to tell me, oh, no, this album really is about. Shut up. All I hear are bleeps and bloops. What am I? What am I? Undignified? I got to fucking. I don't. I'm enough with the. I got to be honest with you. Enough with the fucking subtleties. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't get it. I just. I, I, I don't know. And then. And then. You might get something fantastic from them four months from now. I don't get it with these two. Putting these, first of all, putting these two guys in, in the same ring is not the brightest idea. Let's be truthful. It just, this was bound to happen. I don't get it with these two. I, I just, Jay White is an unbelievable pro wrestling, I don't want to say character, but like he is tremendous at what he does with the Jay White persona. I, I really do believe that. I don't know what it is about his matches that I just sometimes I can get into it, and right when I think I'm turning the fucking corner, I get let down, and I see shit like I saw in the ring. Sonata, I I gotta be honest with you, I am wiping my fucking hands with. He is the the uh, he is the Poster boy for middle of the road. Just middle of the road. Like what here's a you asked me, okay, where does Kenta go from here? You know, and when what the fuck do you do with Sonata? What do you do with him? You do, is is he the guy that's getting a fucking New Japan Cup run? Does anybody would anyone care? Would anybody want that? I just see performances like that, and you're right. I don't. Again, I don't know what's going through his mind. And again, his whole shtick is this cold as ice and you know, emotionless. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, I kind of felt the same way as you, where it just it just wasn't one of those things where I was captivated by anything that was going on in the ring by him. And I, again, I don't want to say going through the motions because I think that's a, that's a piss poor choice of words. But man, it felt like the dude was going through the motions. Add the sloppiness. Add the spots where you're just kind of scratching your head, like, "What in the fuck are they trying to accomplish here?" I don't know, man. I just felt like this felt flat on its face, and I was worried that it would, and it did. A couple of questions. Taylor May says, "Does Jay really have a plan, or is this another mole situation?" Um, I guess that's referring to comments that he made that he's, he's got a plan. I don't know. Cause I don't the the mole and chaos thing. That's a, you, know, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, I, got, I don't have a take on that, unfortunately. 
I don't know, dude. I it's, I wish I wish I gave a fuck. Uh, <sighs> can you see people's frustrations with this though, Joel? Oh, absolutely. These yeah. are two of the most uh, controversial and divisive and frustrating wrestlers on the entire roster. So it's no surprise that the match turned out to to be this controversial. <sighs> what do we do with these guys? Jay White, I'm fine with. Jay White's probably gonna... both having a very long run into the New Japan Cup. This could well be a New <laughs> Japan Cup final with Sonata getting his win back. Right. I know, and they did make special mention of how Sonata hasn't won a match in six months and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. All right, how about this? Here's the only thing that you can do right now with Sonata. And I'm Send it s- to NXT. <laughs> Trust me, Vince wouldn't know the fucking difference. Um... Can we can we have Sonata leave LIJ? Uh, I would like it, but I don't think they're going to do it. Just because that's part of the appeal, isn't it? He's the, the the sexy, quiet guy who's in LIJ. Is that what he is? Is that what they call it? Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> really? Okay. Well, look. Okay, if he wasn't put a bag okay, on his head. If he wasn't incredibly handsome, and if he wasn't in LIJ. Where do you, you think, think he's incredibly handsome? Do you think Sonata is incredibly handsome? Yeah. I think he's got a great bot. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. When I, when I first he's started watching New Japan and I saw him coming out with the, the tight leather pants and the skull mask, the mohawk, the baseball bat. Yeah. And he took the, the mask off and I was like, oh, yeah. that's a sexy man. Yeah. I agree with that. Do you think he's sexy now? Do you think he's as sexy? Do you think the gnome? No, look? no, no. He's no. He's, he's terrible. He's gone back and he's lost sexy points since yeah. then. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, listen, we are authorities on this, so so he's just going to be. So they're just going to heat him up again for New Japan Cup. Is that what you're trying to tell me, Joe? Uh, yeah. Motherfucker. Mm. No, no. I, I, I'm at the point with him where I can say it's not working for me. But acknowledge the fact that whatever he's doing is resonating with the domestic fans. The Japanese fans love him, and he's scoring right. very highly in these polls. So maybe it's just one of those things where I have to accept this is something that I no, don't no. see personally, but I can't call it a failure because he's uh, seems like a big star at home. Uh, okay, I, I'll just I'll shoulder shrug it then, and and that's going to be that. He is polarizing, isn't he? Like you either love there's here's a here's what I here's what I'm afraid of though. I'd rather have people love, hate, whatever. I got a strange feeling this is going just gonna turn into just like I like I just did a fucking shoulder shrug. Like I don't give a like he's he How many times have we had this fucking conversation, Damon? A ton. <laughs> it's the problem, isn't it? It's, a ton. it's like the heavyweight tag stuff and the the USA stuff is just like you we can only have the same conversation so many times where we just Lose enthusiasm because we're sick of repeating ourselves, and it's just like, okay, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're we, right. We've exhausted all the the critical analysis right. that we can, and you know that's what the podcast for. Yeah, uh, Lully five four one on Twitter says, "I'm a big Sonata fan, but it feels like he's missing something. New faction, new finisher. What do you guys think?" I, we've I've, yeah. we talked about this hundreds of times, and yes, all of those things would be good. Something more impactful, more hard hitting, maybe a more dynamic finishing move. But he hasn't got that, and I don't think he's going to get that. But that's my and point. Mally's just come into the room and Whoa. has lifted her shirt up and is doing some provocative dancing. No. So that's where I am. Can we talk about that? Can we can we talk more about that? 
element. Showing infinitely more charisma than the cold skull. <laughs> right, right. In, in two seconds of her lifting up her shirt and showing uh, her, as we like to say, Bronskis, uh, she has more uh, enthusiasm and more uh, passion and more uh, interesting things going on than Sana. That's, but that's my point. Like, how can you, like, that's what I guess why I don't understand. You're, if you're a fan of pro wrestling, why? What are you? What? What? What's? What's the? What's the pull? Like, why is he so popular in in these things? I, that's the thing. I guess I just don't understand. Is okay. So we're all in agreement that eh, something's missing. Oh, I'm a fan though. But like, why are you a fan then? Isn't there anybody else on this roster that you'd be like, okay, this one's a little bit more interesting going on here? I just the the matches that of his that I enjoy the most are where someone is pressing the pace and forcing that sense of urgency upon him. Like the match with Zack Sabre Jr. at Wrestle Kingdom. I loved that. I thought it was really good and played into Sanada's strengths because Zack was pushing the pace and forcing that style on him. And also Zack was doing most of the emoting in this match and sort of carrying that that load of it. I just, I, I want to see what, like, uh, a Sanada versus Shingo match might look like because I imagine Shingo's a guy who could, impose that pace and urgency upon him or even someone like Taichi Taichi versus Sanada I think could be very interesting but as it is with a guy like Jay White who is more methodical and deliberate just yeah this was just two guys phoning it in to me yeah and that's just one element that doesn't even go into this all those wacky spots where fucking Jay White is holding the ref and we're waiting for Gator to get the get up on the ropes and that whole nonsense and yeah, he could do better than that. You know, I, I've been the Jay White defender a lot of the time, but when it's the the the, the same thing with you know Gado grabbing his opponent's ankles, then he looks around, hey, who grabbed my ankles? And then Jay White's attacking. It was like, okay, we've seen that plenty of times before. Come on, do right. better. Right. Yep, I agree. Uh, all right. So enough of that one. All right. So that was a not not a highlight of the show. That's for sure. Uh, okay, so our fourth match was special tag match with Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada defeating Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi in 11 minutes 50 with Okada pinning Taichi with a Rainmaker. I thought this was another really good heavyweight tag team match. So you see, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You just take four good wrestlers and let them have a tie together and don't have Grinnis of Destiny involved and, and it's good. Uh, I just the Really good chemistry between all of these guys. I feel that Taichi is getting more and more over as a babyface. I'm not saying necessarily that he is someone that you want to turn, per se, and take away those heelish aspects, because then that kind of strips away what made him fun and unique in the first place. I do think we're likely to get a trilogy with Okada this year. I think there is a fairly good chance they meet in the New Japan Cup, and I would even stick my neck out and say I think Taichi knocking out Okada from the New Japan Cup is something that could happen. And then maybe they meet again during this uh, the July tour in Hokkaido, which, you know, as we know, is Taichi's stomping grounds. And also, Zack Sabre Jr. trash talk, such a joy. Like, when the referee's explaining the rules at the start, and he's like, yes, referee, I've been in a wrestling match before. I know what the rules are. <laughs> Just great stuff. I know. Uh, I, I the one thing that is a little bit of a takeaway, and and I kind of felt the same way, is the sense of the definitive win for Okada. Right? It felt like it was Rainmaker. We're going home, um, and it did feel like hmm, it would kind of kind of would be a nice little setup 
for Tai Chi to, to sneak out a win. We know in the first round of New Japan Cup, there is always that first round knockout surprise, right? That maybe people wouldn't expect. I'd be very curious to see those uh, matchups, right, first round matchups. Those are going to be big. I'm telling you right now, if they do Tai Chi Okada, I would not be surprised. There's your bracket buster. Okay, so uh, in the middle of the show, we got a uh, little segment with some breaking news. We have a G1 opening in Osaka. Get ready, folks. It's time for the Super J-Cast Madison Square Garden victory lap. And then finally, David, we got our announcement for Madison Square Garden show August 22nd, Wrestle Dynasty, which uh, incidentally is the same night as uh, NXT TakeOver show. Would you believe it? <laughs> Speaking of uh, NXT, did you see what they did to Paul Kushida? Oh, God, no. What did they do to the poor guy? The Undisputed Era literally threw him in the bin. Oh, you know what? I did see that. Yeah, well, well you know, what What can I say? You, uh, you, you take that risk. You take that risk, right? Uh, sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them, right? And we got we got two uh, in the bin, and uh, now uh, Nakamura just just being a superstar. So there we have it. Well, let's get on to the fun stuff then. Uh, MRD one three three seven says, "How long would it take you guys to run a victory lap in real life?" And I thought we had loads more questions about <laughs> taking a victory lap, but I think uh, Nicole's done me a favour and edited them all out. So uh, let's take our victory lap, Damon. Uh, someone said, does it count as a victory lap if people are f- uh, inside the company are feeding you information? No, we, we guessed this. We used our initiative, Damon. No one told us shit. We, we just we, we looked at the, the tea leaves and made a very bold prediction and just happened to be right. So uh, I yes, talked, yes I talked we to get people- a victory lap. Yeah, fuck I, off. Fuck off. I, yeah. You know what? Let's fucking do this. I want a victory lap. Are you ready for this fucking victory lap? I want the victory lap. I'm going to run around with my pants down doing uh, a fucking strut. Uh, Joel, what what are you wearing right now? I I want us to be acknowledged as the one of the... more most prominent sources of New Japan Pro Wrestling information. That's what I want. I want the respect... Yes. What the respect, Damon? We're the fucking I'm insecure. Best. Yeah. And uh, know what I love? Know what I love? I love all those fuckers uh, who doubted us and who had to pick away and pick away. And uh, like, oh, but they were wrong about Michael Craven. No, we weren't. Yeah, we were. We right? said he got fired. We said yeah. he got demoted. He got reshuffled. Stupid. He's still with the company. Yes. Why do you think there's no UK show? Fucking idiots. <laughs> Listen. We sat on this for quite a while, quite a while, and oh, we were sitting in that Tokyo Dome, and they didn't make that announcement, and we were just like, motherfucker, but now, oh, how good it feels. How does it feel? Pretty fucking good. I'm going to do a little strut around the, uh, uh, the track as I do my lap. Waving to everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave Meltzer. Hi. Good to see you again. Uh, waving around. Hi, everybody. Hi, Internet fan. Hi, Reddit. Sorry, I was just, Hi. Did Dave Meltzer say there was going to be a show at Madison Square Garden? I, I distinctly recall him saying that there wasn't going to be a show at Madison yeah. Square Garden. Weird, right? And then I distinctly remember him giving us no credit. <laughs> what the 
Uh, look, we uh, never. Here's the here's the, here's the lesson to be learned. Apologize. Apologize. I want I want an apology, and uh, never doubt us. Uh, never doubt us. Thank you. Watch us. Wait. Watch us get fed all kinds of bad information. <laughs> 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 we take fucking 900 losses now. They're like, yeah, fucking Tai Chi's going to win the championship. Oh, okay. Can we hold on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're like, here's, here's what it is. It's, it's, it's when we get word of, yeah, just go ahead, run with it. <laughs> but we know, wait a minute, this is not going to be true. Uh, yes, but we uh, were well, right. <laughs> but that's right. Uh, We've got a lot of questions about oh, this. Oh, do we? Uh, you, you, yeah. Um, here we go. Uh, Nightmare Bella one says, Nightmare Baller one says, with the announcement of the MSG show, putting you guys on the spot, what should be the main event? Uh, Eric Missio says, likelihood of Christopher Jericho at the Garden in August, and if so, who does he face? Uh, Seth Plout on Twitter says, congrats on defeating Dave. One, super early prediction for MSG main and co-main events. Will it sell out? Is there a chance this can become a yearly event or just a one-off due to the G1 being pushed back? And Oscar Rooney says, are we getting stardom at MSG? So a few things to grapple with there, Damon. So what do you think we can expect in terms of attendance? Because now there's no ROH involvement. There's no elite. This is just New Japan running things by themselves, presumably. Um, how do you think it does in terms of tickets and what do you think we'll be getting for main event or co-main event? Okay. So, again, I have been saying a lot that this is the market that they can run. Madison Square Garden is a very big building. It is, dare I say, America's most famous arena. Uh, they have to bring a loaded card and I, and they will. They're not stupid. This is not going to be a road to show. So let's nip that in the bud right now. I let me say that I think it will sell out. I do honestly think it will sell out. I think there is enough of a market between New York, Philadelphia, and the suburb area, and even pulling people from Maryland, and it's not that hard to get to. The biggest challenge is going to be South Boston and so forth, because again, there is that NXT competition, right? Um, but honestly, I really don't think it's going to be that much, that, that super impactful. Um, I really don't, I think it will sell out. Um, I think new Japan has to come with a card that's pretty stacked. They would do themselves a great favor if in any way possible, they get it the very least the main event of this show out in front of people as soon as possible. Um, I know that it goes against New Japan's philosophy of doing that, but the quicker they can do that, the 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 the, the more likelihood it will sell out. Now I will say this: this is a massively important show for New Japan Pro Wrestling. They cannot go into this with, or excuse me, they cannot. Well, here's one: they can't go into this without any planning. Right? They have to be diligent, and they have to be on top of this starting now. They need to have a plan in place in that market to get on any radio show they can, uh, any broadcast they can. They need to start the promoting immediately. They have to sell this building out or really come close to it. 
They got to get an impressive house. They cannot have a Dallas situation, Joel. I don't think they will. I just I think the markets are two completely different markets. Um, and I think there's enough of a fan base where they can really do a really nice house. But they got to do better than a really nice house. They do. For the optics, for the feeling, you don't want an empty building. You, you want to be able to stick your chest out a little bit and be like, okay, we did this. Um, what that main event will look like, I don't know, but it's got to be sexy, Joel. We all know that. And I think it will be an IWGP heavyweight title defense of some kind. Has to be. Uh, and they got maybe come- Naito Ibushi as a, a MSG rematch. Could be. Um, could be. I don't. I don't know for sure. Because it, it seems that when it comes to these big US shows, the pattern so far has been giving a a big main event, but not a fresh main event. Yeah, and keep in mind we're we're going into this before G one, right? So let's let's keep that in mind. It's going to be a sexy show. It has to be a sexy show. They they know it has to be a sexy show. I will say this: ticket prices will be expensive. I don't think that there's any doubt about that, especially ringside. It's Madison Square Garden. You got to pay the rent. Um, so. Th- Expect a little bit of sticker shock for those ringside seats, but they would do themselves a favor to have a tier in that second level or even maybe even the first. And again, they got to do the math on it to see where they break even on profitability. Um, they got to have a lower price tier tickets. Um, they they really should to get those other those, those seats sold. Um, again, I'm going to go on the record and say it will either come darn close to selling out or it will sell out. Uh, but they have a lot of work to do for this. Um, they got, they, they got to start working on it now, man. Um, I, you, you gave me Naito Ibushi. I don't know if that is as sexy a main event as possible. They got to have a really killer undercard if, if that's the case. Um, but yeah, it's on. So they got a little time to, to work on it. I hope they're working on it now because this this might be this might be the most important New Japan Pro Wrestling card in the states yet. Other huge piece of news, arguably bigger, was the fact that the New Japan Pro Wrestling TV show is moving from 2 a.m. to 8 p.m. on a Friday. So they've got a primetime slot now. So SM North on Twitter says, with the announcement of the primetime Japanese TV show, how is this likely to be formatted from the tour schedule and could this be translated and used in the worldwide market? Uh, My understanding was that, okay, so this is on Asahi BS. So this is a cable uh, station and the show is uh, it's a highlight show but it's the first time since the 80s that they've had such an early slot so um i'm not sure this is going to be too impactful uh in terms of the western market but uh, and i don't think anything's going to change really it's just the same highlight show but put on at a much more agreeable time yeah i think it's pretty huge i mean again there's something to, you know, there's something to be said about an audience and a potential growth of of a, of a local market uh, being in a prime time slot, huge. Uh, we, you know, we always say that 
Western expansion is important. Sure, okay. But truth be told, they still have plenty, plenty of growth available in Japan as a market. And I'm sure that there are fans that, you know, may have fallen out of love of pro wrestling. And, and you know, at an 8 o'clock time slot, that, that makes it a little bit easier to kind of connect, reconnect with those people. 2 a.m. is tough. 2, 2 a.m. is hardcore fans, right? 2 a.m. is a hardcore fan. And you want to get those casuals. And you want to get those maybe a little bit more casuals. So, yeah, we, we're pumping our chests about Madison Square Garden and the importance of that in, in, here in, in the United States. Quite possibly even a bigger news story is that cable spot prime time in Japan to help boost that Japanese market that, again, there's still plenty of audience there to tap into. Yeah, that's a three. That's a three prong win right there. The, those three announcements were fantastic for the company. Um, fantastic news for us. Um, we got something to talk about. We got we got a big show to look forward to. That you know, for a person living in Philadelphia, that's a, that's a train ride. That's I could drive my car, park, spend the day in New York, watch a great pro wrestling show. So uh, I'm excited. We're all excited. Three bits of great news. All three positive. Outstanding job, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But you got some work to do for New York, so you better get your fucking ass in gear. Third match was a special eight-man tag match with Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, David Finley, Juice Robinson, defeating Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, Tangelo, and Tamatonga. Hiroshi Tanahashi pinning Tangelo with a schoolboy after 10 minutes, 50 seconds. So uh, the build-up to this was these these three uh, New Beginning USA matches which were uploaded to Worlds. And just... Like the buildings, the production, the audio quality, the matches themselves, all of it is pretty crap, to be honest. I can't recommend it. So first there was a tag match that ended in a disqualification and then turned into an impromptu eight-man tag, which was very WWE-ish. And then the Atlanta main event, the, the G.O.D. versus Finjuice title match, where there were a load of ref bumps, clunky spots, belt shot, which led to Finley getting pinned and teased a bit of tension between Juice and Finley after the match. And the, a quote from Maps, he said, we got new champions whether we like it or not. <laughs> the whole thing was just very ugly, which uh, brings us to this match. What the fuck was going on with Hiroshi Tanahashi's hair? Oh I mean, I've got to give him respect for always trying something new, even if it doesn't work. But this one was a miss for me. It looked like a, a cup noodle had exploded. But uh, in spite of that, I really liked this match, actually. I thought it was fast. It was well worked. It was intense. There were some good chase and kota sequences which you know showing us what we could have had had he stayed healthy and i'm kind of intrigued about where the story goes because i think god versus golden aces could be really good so uh nj devils 1493 on twitter says tanahashi's hair pants up or pants down for you david oh, it was fucking horrendous honestly it was terrible <laughs> it looked like it looked like 1987 south jersey prom hair it was uh, what what did Gino say? Looks like looks like Tanahashi wants to see your manager or some shit like that. It was soccer mom esque. It was, I mean, how do you get that? Are they extensions and then curling iron? Is that what we're doing there? Just fucking like, how do you walk out of the fucking locker room with that? How does somebody not be like, dude? What the what is this? I mean, how do you? I mean. I guess he has so much respect in the locker room, he can wear anything. But that was, that was, look, Tanahashi's had some hair. 
He's had some styles, right? Whew. This one was just. <laughs> I, and this is coming from someone who wishes he had a full head of hair. This was. I would rather be bald than wear that. Let's put it that way. I'll put it flat out there. I would rather be bald than have that mop on his head. <laughs> the wrestling match? Oh, how could, oh, that was good, actually. I actually did enjoy that. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I, I feel like the, the big takeaway is the idea of Finn Juice and Ibushi and Tana having, trying to lay claim to being the number one contenders and the idea and the prospect of a match between them, right? That's that's where my my eyes are focused, and I think with that 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 is is a more like I don't care what God do they could sit on the sidelines and wait, but to me the interesting thing and it's been since Dash is the idea of those two tag teams getting together. I think that'd be fun. I like I like I like two babyface tag teams kind of going at it and seeing who's going to be the number one contender. That I think that's going to be fun. Second match was IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Sho and Yo defeating Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado in 60 minutes 22 after the strong X and Sho pinned Kanemaru. Uh, these guys have had a ton of matches before, so this time was a bit different. They were going after Sho's knee. And Kanemaru and Desperado are great because they always look like they're trying to win the wrestling match. They're not going out there doing cool stuff for the sake of looking cool. Kanemaru particularly. Every time he's tagged in, it was with the express purpose of fucking up Show's knee and trying to win the match. Uh, now, that said, I thought Show's selling was not great. It was inconsistent because right. he was going, ah, ah, my knee, my knee, but then like sprinting when he's running the rope. So if you're going to do a leg match, do it properly. Like There's nothing I hate more than doing half, selling it half the time. Some people can't do leg matches. They're really, really hard to do. If you, if it's, if you can't do them, don't do it. And I think putting Show in this position uh, has highlighted that this is a kind of thing that he cannot do yet. You know, maybe he can learn. But for me, it it hurt my enjoyment of the match. Maybe I'm just a big nerd and, and other people didn't mind it. But that's how I felt about it. But there's some fun stuff here, like the, the German Suntory suplex was fun. And the best part, I thought, actually, in this match, sorry to be all hipster, but the uh, Yo and El Desperado segments I enjoyed the most. I thought they had really good chemistry together. And uh, then Mega Coaches came out at the end. Damon, I love Taguchi's English voice. He's so rich and smooth when he was talking to Rocky. He's like, you are a great wrestler. Let's challenge together. He just sounded amazing. I love that. So, uh, yeah, pretty good match. But uh, I think... They've had better matches in the past. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's not one of my favorite in their uh, history. Um, in fact, I would probably put it middle middle of their pack or the lower portion. Um, I found it to be just a little bit, a little slow, and that might have been just been the fact that they were constantly for sixteen minutes. I felt like working on the leg, working on the leg. Uh, I mean, that was the story of the match, and that's fine. I mean, we can't all be sprints uh but it was it was okay I, I felt like i was looking at my phone more often than not and that's never a good sign for me um 
show selling inconsistent to say the least. <laughs> right? And 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 I'm not usually a selling guy. Like I'm not usually a guy that's going to be like, but it did take me out of the match a little bit. Um, I, I that's not to say that. <laughs> The one thing that is a little bit disappointing is that they did give him a decent amount of time, too. Um, again, I thought it was a good match. I don't think it was awful. Gave him a good amount of time. I kind of... Maybe I was looking for a little bit more. Maybe I was looking for a little bit more. Uh, are you excited at the prospect of of uh, the coaches and showing yo? Are you excited at the idea of... Uh, of a challenge yes yeah i am because they had a really good match during the super junior tag league that was one of the best matches on the tour so um yeah i always think when guys like rocky and taguchi get the tap on the shoulder they always deliver so i think the match is going to be really good yeah i think so too and i think it's different um i like the idea of a mentor challenging to and and almost is used as like a like a stepping stone or a ladder for rapongi 3k so yeah, I like the idea of that. It's fresh. It's different. It's new. I like it. I got no problem with it. I think it'll be fun. And our opening match was Manabu Nakanishi final match in Osaka Joe Hall with Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, Hiroshi Tenzan, Manabu Nakanishi defeating Ryusuke Taguchi, Tohinari, Tomaki Honma, Togi Makabe, Kojima pinning Honma in seven minutes, nine seconds following a lariat. I guess notable just Honma's right at the bottom here, isn't it? That A, a team that... In, Features Hinari and Taguchi. Honma's eating the pin here. Uh, I was a little bit surprised Hinari didn't get the win, actually, considering the little push he's gotten recently. Um, it was fine, but like literally half of these guys need to retire because it's like it, I, I get the nostalgia, but it's starting to ruin the suspension of disbelief having to see active wrestlers like Taguchi and Hinari sell for <laughs> uh, offense that looks like it's been performed underwater uh, again I like the quadruple submission spot and, and build into the big dramatic climax of the top rope Nakanishi attack but uh, yeah I think we need to get rid of like half of these guys um, what did you think yeah look they're legends and I get the fact that you know we're we're trying to push the nostalgia button on a lot of these guys I felt bad for Nakanishi. You, you could see he was a little bit emotional, even going to the ring. You know, his eyes were a little watery. Um, and I always feel bad when guys know. That he knows. You know what I mean? Like, he knows. And he was never, you know, Mr. Mobile, uh, even at his peak. You know, he was really wasn't known for his agility, his quickness. His power guy. But, yeah, you could see he kind of knew. And he knows. And I felt bad because I hate when that happens to to a person, an athlete, when they kind of know that, ooh, I don't don't got it no more. So um, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a fun time in February. I'm hoping for uh, lots of smiles, a couple tears. I don't think he's going to – I think, unfortunately, you know, with Liger, Liger had – like it felt like he had obviously a bigger audience, right? Of of fans that know of Liger and knew of Liger and all that. And I don't think Nakanishi is a guy that, especially a lot of the newer fans, really have a connection with in the sense of 
you know, they're not going to go back and watch some of his, you know, his G1 win or, you know, his IWGP title defenses. Maybe they will. Maybe they, and maybe they should. Um, just to see. Can, where... can I interrupt? Because we got a question yeah. that's pertinent to what you're talking about. Okay, Swordfish yeah. on Twitter says, "With Manabu Nakanishi retirement right around the corner, I can't help but think of that dumb joke Joel told Damon years ago. <laughs> what does Nakanishi do if he has bad breath? Can you remember, Damon? What does Nakanishi do if he has bad breath? Uh, I don't know. Tell me. Seize the tic tacs. Because of course, his entrance music is seize the tactics. <laughs> So exactly the same response I got two years, years ago. ago. <laughs> uh, so uh, his question is, any match recommendations for oh, Nakanishi? There was one that Bad I remember match. like in Wrestle Kingdom 3 against Jun Akiyama. That was pretty good. Yeah, and there's one where it's, uh, I think it's like four stars. It's a tag match. I, I, I forget which one it was. I'll be truthful off the top of my head. But if you go like on, I don't know, like cage match or something like that and just search for like Meltzer rated matches – um, there's a tag match that he's involved in. I think it was like four stars. I got, I never get like half the people that are in it, but that's those are probably the the better. Yeah, Akiyama match is probably for a singles match. That's probably a good start. Um, you can go back. Uh, his you know his title win, while not super spectacular, it's a title win. I think everybody should should catch that. Um, he was in there with match now actually. Yeah, he was in there with I, Bob just... Sapp a lot. Like he was a guy that that um, New Japan used as a guy that that they trusted to get Bob Sapp through a lot of pro wrestling matches. Um, so that might be something you might want to dig your uh, dig your teeth into. Um, what's what's cage match telling us is 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 a quality so, match. So uh, in descending order, the the top ranked match is against singles match against Yuji Nagata from uh, March 2003. Mm. Then we've got May 2009 against Tanahashi. And then in August 2016, there's a big tag match with Go Shiozaki, That's the one. Nakajima, uh, Masakitamiya, and Maybach Tanaguchi against Tenzan, Shibata, Nakanishi, and Nagata. So those are the top three yeah, that that that's the tag match I was referring to. So again, uh, your your mileage may vary. I would start there. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the opponents sometimes. But yeah, but yeah, getting back, he he was a big he was a guy that was used a lot um, to for you know when Bob Sapp was you know arguably the most popular athlete in Japan. Um, yeah, they used they used him to help him along. So. Uh, again, I don't know if he's going to get his due, you know, from from a Western eyes perspective. I don't think he'll ever get his due. Um, he was never one of my favorites. I'll be brutally honest, but he wasn't a guy that I actively hated. Um, he was, you know, he was okay. And I think those matches, though, are, are a decent start to get a feel for what he was all about back in the early 2000s. So that's um, New Beginning in Osaka Joe Hall. I thought, overall, really good show, very much worthy of Osaka Joe Hall. Yes, I thought it was an outstanding show. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and again, those last three matches were worth their weight in gold. And um, I, if you haven't watched it, I don't know what you're waiting for. But it's, uh, again, I thought it was an outstanding show and, and a good crowd. And thumbs up all the way around. 
I just wanted to quickly touch on these four nights at Krakow Hall coming up. So we'll preview them properly next week because we've got a week to wait. But I just wanted your quick thoughts on... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I can read the cards to you and you tell me the likelihood out of 10 that you would watch these shows on New Japan World. I think okay. that would be a, a fun metric uh, way of doing it because they, they've had a lot of shows at Krakow and, and the week prior to New Beginning, they had one of the lowest attendances at Krakow. Koraku went for ages. It was 1,123. So I was wondering if Tokyo was a bit burnt out. And they've had, just in January, they had seven Korakuans. And I was curious if they were just loading up now because the Olympics were coming up and they weren't going to run it then. But we've got four back to back. So starting on Wednesday, February 19th, this is Tiger Hattori retirement event. So we've got Hinare Honma Makabe versus Gabriel Kidd, Yuyo Emura, Yotosuji. Second match, Osprey, Show and Yo versus Tiger Mask, Rocky and Taguchi. Third match, Yoshihashi, Finley and Juice against Bushi, Hiromu, Evil. Fourth match is the Manabu Nakanishi final match in Koraku and Hall. Uh, Yuji Nagata, Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, Nakanishi against Kanemaru, Desperado, Taichi and Suzuki. Fifth match, Tiger Hattori retirement match. We got Colt Cabana, Toriyano, Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Farley, Jay White and Gorillas of Destiny. Sixth match, Tiger Toy Retirement Match 2. Uh, Goto, Ishii and Okada versus Sanada, Shingo and Naito. Followed by the Tiger Hattori Retirement Ceremony. So give me out of 10, Damon, likelihood of you watching this one. I mean, I, I mean I'll watch it, but uh, my excitement level, four. I mean, the main event is probably the sexiest thing there, right? I mean, everything else doesn't seem that great <laughs> let's be truthful right i mean four is about where i'm at all right and then thursday february 20th uh, also korakuen hall we have suji against kid then we have uemura osprey yoshihashi goto versus kanemaru desperado taichi suzuki third match kabana yano okada versus hinari honma makabe fourth match Tiger Mask, Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, Nakanishi against Bushi, Hiromu, Sanada, Evil, Naito. Fifth match, Finley, Juice, Ibushi, Tanahashi against Farley, White, Tangaloa, Tamatonga. Sixth match, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match, Shoinyo versus Rocky Romero, Ryusuke Taguchi. Main event, Never Openweight Championship match, Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, okay. I, the last two matches, well so You made it. a little noise oh, I three did. quarters of the way through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that fucking undercard is not tremendous. <laughs> but that's, I was about to say, we're, we're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, a low house here at Clerk and Hall, kids. Uh, but those, those, that main event is going to fucking be on fire. And even that semi-main should be really fun, too. And Rocky in that building... You know, the few times that he works, it's uh, it's usually really pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm in. I mean, the main event's going to be tremendous. So, uh, I'm I'm going nine <laughs> just for those two matches alone. Uh, I, I will. I'm pumped for that show uh, again. A couple beers to get through the, that fucking undercard, but once we get to those uh, those last two sh- two matches, yep, fucking fire. I think it'd be good. Friday, February 21st, we've got Kid and Tiger Mask against Uemura and Suji. Second match, Show Yo, Finley and Juice versus Kanemaru, Desperado, Taichi, Suzuki. Third match, Hinari, Honma, Makabe against Yoshihashi, Goto, Ishii. Fourth match, 
Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, Nakanishi against Jado, Gedo, Farley, and Jay oh, White. Fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that one is going to suck. Uh, fifth match, you got Rocky, Osprey, Okada against Hiromu, Sanada, Naito. Sixth match, never openweight six-man tag championship match. Taguchi, Kabana, Yano versus Bushi, Evil, Shingo. Seventh match, main event, IWGP heavyweight tag team championship match. Ibushi and Tanahashi versus Gorillas of Destiny. Hmm. I can't say I'm, I'm overly excited, Joel. Uh, I, I, where are you at? Uh, you're, you're hoping for childbirth that day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, come I, on. I, now, can, 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 you, I would have... can you squeeze it out a little early? Come on, push. <laughs> I'd have it on in the background, uh-huh. sure. But uh-huh. I'm not, this is not going to be, right, I'm putting my, turning my phone off and concentrating on this one. It's yeah. just, it's going to be, you know, that that open weight six-man tag match is going to be a lot of ha-has. Yeah. Main event, I don't know. It could be good. I think Ibushi and Tanahashi could... I'd hate to use the word drag, but uh, encourage Gorillas of Destiny to a good main event match. But uh, that's in hope more than expectation. Shows like this that I hate the fact that I have a podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this one, that one's going to be a tough one. I'm not excited at all and then the last Korako and this is Saturday February 22nd we have Kid and Tiger Mask against Uemura and Suji second match Rocky Taguchi Kabana Yano versus Kanemaru Desperado Taichi Suzuki third match Shoyo Hinari against Bushi Hiromi Sanada fourth match Honma Makabe Finley and Juice against G.O.D. Farley and Jay White fifth match Osprey Yoshihashi Ishii versus Evil Shingo and Naito main event Manabu Nakanishi retirement match. This is it. The final Nakanishi match. We got Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, Nakanishi against Goto, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Okada. <laughs> I, I'm feeling like that one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I tell you what, there's one team that's going to be bumping their ass off. That's for sure. Uh, they got a lot of good workers there ready to carry the load there. Um, I will watch it just for the uh, that main event. Um and I will say this. We spent the opening of this show talking about little nuggets on these Road 2 shows, right? Little things that the, the promotion's doing pretty well, getting us off to a good start. So I'm going to hope that they follow suit here and uh, make that happen for all these shows. Again, on paper, are they the sexiest of lineups? No. But... Uh, we're hoping that we have, uh, again, little nuggets that we can mm, carry. Build up for that anniversary show, yeah? Yep, I'm hoping, right? Because, again, on paper, whew, we got a lot of multi-man tags. We got a lot of we got a lot of stuff that's easily throwawayable on paper. We're just hoping we have just little nuggets that can get us through some of this undercard. And then, uh, again, Ishii Shingo, obviously, is the highlight of, the, of, the, of those pack of cards, but... Uh, Nakanishi's retirement again. We're going to check that out because it's a highlight. But oof, those undercards, some of them are, are ooh, not sexy at all. All right, I'm hungry now. Um, yep. I'm going to stop recording. Uh, we've still got a few questions, but we'll save it for next week because next week, um, 
you know, there's not going to be that much to talk about. So uh, in closing then, please go to redcircle.com forward slash show forward slash super dash j dash cast and throw some money our way. And thanks to our sponsors, manscaped.com. Use promo code superjcast to get 20% off and free shipping. Visit our Discord channel. The link to that is in the show notes. Um, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast to buy one of our t-shirts. Massive thanks as always to editor Dan. You can visit his YouTube channel and Twitter at Escape the Box UK. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network and do check out Damon's appearance on Music of the Mat with the wonderful Andrew Rich. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Thank you.